four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, let's do it. Welcome everybody, Mike Rutherford Show, Friday edition, June 24th, a little late to start here, not Trevor Kelsey's fault. Entirely my fault. Let me say this right off the bat. I feel like when we do start late, people are like, why can't the producer get the show going on time? This was 100% me. Um, fairness, my track record does speak for itself. So, I mean. But <laughs> in this particular instance, not your fault at all. It's, it's all me. We're having a real rough day at the, the Rutherford Manor. Uh, I, I, whatever I'm, I'm dealing with just is kicking my ass. I slept like not at all last night. We had no babysitter today. So, Mary and I split up the duties. I was doing the morning. She, I'm, I'm trying to pack like a day's worth of work into an hour and a half. And then we've got my niece is over at the house too, and so your babysitter called in, but you're babysitting your niece. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm not going. I'm not going to say it. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. I'm sure. I'm, sure you I'm not going to either. Yeah, I'm sure you better bite your tongue more than I have. So, <laughs> and her and Virginia just fight constantly. Like, just will not well, stop fighting. Kids. Yeah. Will, I mean, will not stop fighting, and this is like the worst Virginia's ever been. So Mary's trying to get John down while I'm trying to leave. And Virginia is like blatantly after I tell her like you guys you have to be good like after they fought like seventeen times in the last minute, <laughs> she's just like screaming when I'm telling her like you have to be quiet and like I'm getting ready to walk out the door and I hear her just go ah and like jump and like purposely make noise just to spite me and I lost my temper like I wanted to like drop kick her I've never been so mad in my entire life I'm like you just are blatantly so I'm yelling at her and I can't put her in like timeout or like put her in the room because she's just gonna scream more and I've got to leave while Mary's trying to get John down for a nap and it was just a complete disaster I looked down it's like 258 I was like oh my god I was like I'm losing my mind it's been an awful awful day but for a number of reasons but here we are we made it we're doing well. well we're, we're on the air. I'm just going to come on here and start the show by complaining how my dogs got into my leftover roosters last night and ate my lunch for today. But oh, no. now you just kind of made me look really petty, didn't you? I mean, you kind of killed my thunder on this one. I mean, are they okay? The dogs, I guess. I just The problem is, is I don't know which one to yell at. <laughs> that's that's what I hate is when, when I wake up and I find they, one of them has done something and I can't, I mean, I can't just start yelling at them because at this point they're not going to know what they're what they've done. When uh, podcast Danny, uh, podcast Trevor, my friend Danny, back in the yeah. day, this back before he moved to Columbus, when his uh, his wife's family was just from there and he was living in Louisville, they were up there. Uh, his his wife's sister has always lived up there, and her mom has as well. And so they were dog sitting uh, for her while she they were on vacation. They went to Columbus for the weekend, and he just brought home some roosters. He turned around the table; they're all gone. The, oh, no, mine aren't that bad. <laughs> the dog, but these are like bone in wings. Oh no, mine so were bone. He had to, he, they had to go like rush the the dog to the vet. 
like have all these bones extracted and stuff. Like make sure like the dog's name Maze. They're big Michigan fans, even though they live in Columbus. They had to make sure the Maze was okay. And he was like the whole time. I'm just like salty about my roosters. He's like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified about this dog's health, but I'm also like, I was really excited about those wings. I mean, I'm not worried about the health. What makes me mad is two, one, two things. One, I mean, they weren't like up on a large table, but my dogs for the most part know not to mess with anything if it's not being handed to them. They they pretty much picked up that lesson. So one of them clearly has just is 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 teetering with the line to see what they can get away with. That's the worst kind. And what, and, and what, sadly, what aggravated me most about this is I had I had leftovers of three different kinds of wings in there. I always get teriyaki and sweet Thai chili, and I was like, I'm gonna try something new this week, this this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a new flavor. I was gonna go honey barbecue, which is my always one of my favorite go tos. But of all people, Justin Kalen was like, Oh, you should try the garlic. So like, I'll get garlic. It sucked. <laughs> so of course, what happens when I wait when I when or I go in there? The ones you actually want. And when I go in there, I see the boxes. Teriyaki, all gone. No, oh, no. Sweet Thai chili. There's two left, oh, but I'm no. like, I don't really want to eat it now. And they're all the gar. They didn't even touch the garlic ones. They knew. There's still like four garlic in there because I only ate one of them. And Direct I, shot. I took. I got three five pieces, and then that was what was left. It was four garlic and like one sweet Thai chili. They're coming right for the jugular. I mean, it's, they I'm, know you too well at this point. I mean, at least I can't get. I don't want to be mad. I'm like, at least they have good taste because they're my they're my girls. They they're like daddy. They they want to eat the same thing. But yeah, very. Uh, not happy about this. That was going to be lunch today. Well, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I went and got some Taco Bell. Actually, no, now you're fine. Now you're- <laughs> yeah, uh, I went and stopped. I thought I was running a little late myself, and I got here like right at like by the time you were realizing what time it was. Yeah. So I was running behind, slightly behind, because I had to stop me gas too. I was like, well, I'm not gonna have time between this and getting to the bats game. I almost didn't get to the bats game on time yesterday. Speaking of, Bats win last night, 3 nothing. Yeah, 3 nothing. baby. I told you to bet him. I told you we got Lodolo on the mound. He's going a little bit longer than he went in his, his, his debut with the Bats. His first rehab start. Looked I'm feeling awesome. good about it. 3 nothing. Boom, Bats are back. We, two, every time we have Nick Curran on, something two, great happens. Two-hour, nine-minute game. Beautiful. Even better. Best I'm, ho- I'm home at 9.45. Uh, we have plenty to get to today until 6 o'clock. We've got to, you know, you and I, we had a lot of fun yesterday. There were some big topics, some hot topics. People were weighing in on him. And by the time we looked down, it was 6 o'clock and we got off the air. I said we started like, during the intro, the three o'clock portion of the show when I was I'm sort of laying out the ground we're going to cover, and then typically you interrupt with something, and then we talk about that for twenty minutes. But during that initial part, I was like, "It's draft night. We'll get into the draft, all that good stuff." And the show ended yesterday, and I was like, "Dude, we didn't talk about the draft at all." I just realized we didn't get into it at all. <laughs> um, draft happened last night. We'll, we'll recap some of that. We've got major Ruben Owens news. Major? Tough day for the haters who keep saying Major Ruben Owens. Tough day for the haters who keep saying he's never going to play here. Tough day for the KRC boys. We'll get into that good stuff. Also, we have a DJ Wagner update of the day. Oh, I'll get it ready. DJ Wagner update of the day is coming. And we want to hear from you. Uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You love Thornton's. You know Thornton's. They're everywhere. There's 34,362 of them in this area went for to, good reason. Went to one right before the show. Trevor's gone to one of the 34,642. I saved four cents. Saved four cents. It adds up. I'm like, oh, four cents. You, you want time four cents by by ten? Better than not saving four cents a gallon. That's almost that's almost fifty cents. You're damn right. Uh, you love Thornton's. Hit them up. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. And a reminder: we've got this thing going on all summer long. It's the Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member is going to win ten thousand dollars all summer long. And there's going to be a grand prize at the end of the summer, which is a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do: open up that Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That'll get you entered. If you need to sign up, you want to make this happen, you haven't downloaded the app yet, easy to do. Text REWARDS, all one word, all caps, to 80313 today. That's going to get you signed up. Ten grand a week. 
Even, not, even not the DePaul, can, DePaul fans can figure that out. I need to listen to this podcast, by the way. Where they they because he used both us. Like, I he, know. I, I kind of felt privileged. I finally got I got pulled into this. He mentioned both of us. He he used clips, and I knew this was going to happen. He was so nice behind closed doors, where he was like, "Do you care if I do this? I promise I'm not going to be an ass." I'm like, "Dude, you feel free to be an ass. I don't care." Oh, he used clips from our show. Yeah, he asked if he could use oh, clips. Oh, yeah, okay. And I was Lord. like, "Sure." And I, and, and I also <laughs> said, like, "I was like, I was like, feel free to be an ass. Like, who cares? Like, you know, it's, oh yeah, it's all fun and games." And of course, like when he like tweets it out, he's trying to be like a big badass. Like, oh yeah, I, I guarantee when we listen to it, it's going to be just ripping us, which is fine. Well, congratulations to Paul fans. You got a bigger win against us than the Myers family ever did in 30 years of coaching your basketball program. I mean, just chesty to Paul fans seems like even after they beat us last year, they still ended up having an awful season and they lost <laughs> their best players from that team. I just don't know. I don't know what. Like, I guess it's the Louisville win. That's all they have to hang their hat on right now. But it more, is. Pa- more power to them. I, I created this monster. This is like. I mean, a, is it not their biggest win? And, and since they went to the tournament as a nine seed with Bobby Simmons, they did beat. Well, they beat uh, Dayton my freshman year at Dayton. You know, well, that doesn't count. Back in 04. it was you a didn't even ten seven game. You don't even claim Dayton. You're Bellerman. Yeah, I'm more Bellerman than Dayton. Yeah, but I still cheer. I, I cheer for the Flyers. I like the Flyers. They're gonna be good this year, by the way. Um, but I kind of feel like I'm, like their Vecna. I created this. I created this monster, <laughs> and now I've got to find a way to end it. <laughs> they only have power because of what I did, and it's bad power. So is Vecna the main person, or is it the Mind Flayer? I think Vecna is the main person. See, I keep thinking it's like Dustin said, it's the Mind Flayer is the main, and Vecna is like his main general. Like he sent his his, his pawns, his foot soldiers out in the first couple seasons. Well, well, well and now he's mad. He want, he, now he's sending the main we guy. We don't need to ruin it. We, we don't need to spoil it. I, know, I, need, I, need, I needed something to, dis- to distract the show in the first 20 minutes like I like to. You made it happen. Well, we did talk you, about you your dog. You set it up, too. We talked about your dogs eating wings for like a solid five minutes. So <laughs> I think that that counts. And then we've had, and of course, we've got the, the disasters going on. I mean, I would think, though, the way your day has started, like you see 2.50 a.m. that clock and you were like, oh, crap, I get to work. Or were you more like, oh crap, I'm running late, but I get to leave for three hours now? No, I, I was just, I was rattled. Because, uh, I mean, I'm sure even you know, getting out of the house for three hours to talk with us, you know, was, yeah, but was I have the relief. I have the Catholic guilt thing going where, like, I feel bad when I'm not out there to help. <laughs> it's the beauty about being Catholic. Like, I just feel bad about it, and you still, still go to heaven. Well, <laughs> I guess one day we'll find out. It's one of the things I took from their religion. Hopefully. My hodgepodge religion that I am, I take a little bit from every one of them, and I just combine it to Trevorism. Hopefully I don't find out sooner enough. I had, I slept like every five minutes last night having like heart palpitations, like chest things, and like waking up like thinking I'm gonna die. It was not don't recommend it. Not you, fun. You want to check to see if you got sleep apnea? Maybe no, because my dad does have sleep apnea, and I do too. But sleep apnea also is kind of I don't know. It, it, like it's a it goes hand in hand. This is just me waking up freaking out about stuff constantly because my everything feels weird. Is it because are you thinking about DJ Wagner? Yeah, it's constant DJ Wagner talk. Is, is it Imani Bates? I'm just waiting for to see what Imani Bates does. I don't know if we're going to get this facility kid eligible. Had, um did you wake Mary up in the middle of the night screaming, "Guards!" Did not. Did not. Did, <laughs> we need guards. It does not happen. But uh yeah. She's like grabbing, going on she's like, not much later. She's like stroking your head. She's like it's okay, Mike. Nah, it's okay. She's upstairs with John. <laughs> she's trying to get him down. Oh, sure, he left you for another man. She already has. <laughs> it's all right. Everyone knew it was a matter of time. Um, let's start with this, though. The, the not most major news of the day, not the, the most fun thing to talk about, but it is news. I don't know if you've, you've seen this yet, Trev. Uh, Louisville's opponent for the ACC Big Ten Challenge has been announced. There are some interesting storylines here. So the Cards are going to play Maryland this year. It's a first-time foe. I feel like it's been weird. We've played in this. This will be the ninth year we've played in this thing. And we've played 
like so many teams multiple times. I think we've played Michigan State three times. We've played uh, Ohio State a couple times, Purdue a couple times. Michigan was, I think, the other opponent we've had. It's nice to get some new blood in here, and it's Maryland coming to town. And the obvious story, well, there are a couple of obvious storylines here. One, of course, the Bahamar Bahamas championship game from last year. Yeah, They're out for revenge, but also... We've got Danny Manning on our staff now, who took over for Mark Turgeon. Maybe he's mad he didn't get the full-time job. Maybe he's out for revenge. And the guy who did get the job, oh, by the way, is Kevin Willard, who was on staff from 2001 to 2007 <laughs> here at Louisville. Uh, interesting matchup. I, I think it's two relatively big-time names, not, not relative, two big-time names in the sport who are in a place that they don't like being are hopeful to get out of it soon. And I'm not trying to compare Louisville's success over the last couple of decades to Maryland's because we've been markedly better than they have since they won the national title uh, in 2001. But as of right now in this current moment, they're coming off a losing season, rare for them, lost their coach in the middle of the year. We're coming off a losing season, even more rare for us, got rid of our coach in the middle of the season. Both kind of, I, I think, expected to start slow in this new era, at least by national people. If you look at some of these early Big Ten rankings for the upcoming season, most people have Maryland somewhere around like 9, 10, 11 in that conference. I think Louisville probably is going to be in that same range when some of these early rankings start coming out. So a good, great matchup on paper, maybe not the best matchup for this particular year, but it should be it's kind of the way you want it, honestly, if you're Louisville right now. We have a tough enough non-conference schedule as is. This is a game that I feel like we should be able to win. Maryland loses its backcourt last year that was – pretty good with Eric Ayala and, and Fats Russell. They bring back most of their front court. Hakeem Hart's back. Dante Scott's back. They got some good tra- uh, graduate transfers as well that should help them out a little bit. So they're not going to be terrible, but it's not going to be a team the caliber that we're used to seeing from Maryland, which I think is what they're probably saying about us. As well, well, we haven't seen that from Maryland in, what, like eight years? Well, they used to, you know, they would always be like a four seed or a five seed that you knew was going to make it to maybe the Sweet 16, but nothing more, right? They were, they were going to lose in the second round every year. That's who they were. Yeah, and, but still I mean, like a legit top 25 caliber team most years under Mark Turgeon. Just no hope of doing like anything more substantial than winning a game or two in the tournament. That's kind of what they became. And now I think they're looked at as a team that's just like they're not even tournament good right now. I can't remember the last time they were. Uh, they haven't even been a four seed since 2015. God, has it been that long? Yeah, they last. Were they, were they a five seed the year that they, they lost? Well, they were to five Cal? the year after in 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been still six years ago. I mean, it's been. They actually they they were a ten seed a year ago, six seed a six seed a five a four a four. Yeah, that's kind of what. I mean. And they were a four in two thousand ten. So yeah, I mean it's been and those four seeds between were five years of no making the tournament. So, uh, I mean Maryland's. I mean they've been. Yeah, I, I like the matchup. I mean it makes sense. You have two programs that still have, despite not being where they're they're used to being, still have the names. Sure. Uh, we're both about in the same level, probably where we're at as our in our programs as of now. Now I hope to get farther along than Maryland's taken in the last, you know, 15 years. Sure. But, you know, that's a, it's a decent match. And it's a game that Louisville could and should and, and, and I would th- assume win. The highlight matchups, in case you're wondering, uh, the Tuesday match, we're, we're playing on Tuesday, by the way. They haven't announced the time or the, the TV designation. No, I'm we'll assuming early game. we'll probably be early on yeah. ESPN2 would be my guess. There's no way we're the late. If we're the late game, I hate to see what the early game is. I would guess the late game is going to be Virginia at Michigan. Those are two. Or fairly doing somebody. I mean, well, I, I they don't, don't play have, that day. Okay, it's got on the schedule. Okay, I don't have that. Yeah, in front of Syracuse me, Illinois will probably be the the highlight early game. Well, it's at Illinois, so that may be the late game because it's Central Time. Um, Virginia, yeah. Michigan. I guess that be is, I mean, is Ann Arbor in Central Time. Ann Arbor is in. They're on Eastern Time, I believe. Okay, so that would probably be the early game. I would think that would. Would you want to think they'd put them at nine as the prime time? Virginia, Michigan. Eh. 
Maybe. I mean, they'll both be pretty good next year, but Syracuse, Illinois, probably around the same. Like, Illinois should be pretty good. Syracuse, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the Tuesday lineup is not sexy. The Wednesday lineup is probably the, the bigger deals. Ohio State at Duke. Um, There's your 9 o'clock game right there. I don't think so. I think it's North Carolina and Indiana. Those are the two. Wow. Really? Why put them both on Wednesday? You should have put one of them on Tuesday at the 9 o'clock spot. And the Agreed other with that because Carolina Michigan, and Indiana are both going to be preseason top 10-ish. I mean, Carolina is probably going to be preseason number one or two. Yeah. Indiana will be fringe top 10. Indiana will be, yeah, I was going to say yeah, easily. Duke will be, I don't know, probably somewhere. Top 25. I yeah, mean, Duke will be like 5 to 10 range. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be top 10. Ohio State. Fringe top twenty five, maybe bottom of the top twenty five. All four ranked, regardless. Yeah, yeah, probably. Ohio State's getting like I had them in my top twenty five. I think I was one of the few. Yeah, but when, when is the, how early in the season is that? What's like that's like what five games into the season roughly when it's November thirtieth. So yeah, probably. Yeah, five, so six Ohio games. State's likely going to be five and zero. Oh. They're probably going to come in or late late top twenty five in the rankings. They'll win their first five games and. By then, they'll be still like early 20s. Yeah, the Wednesday lineup's much better. I mean, Rutgers, Miami are both probably going to be pretty good. It'd be nice. Michigan State, Notre Dame are expected to both be pretty good. BC, Nebraska is the ESPN news game. (laughs) Throw them on there. Who cares? I don't even know that. That might get ESPN Plus. It's the, I mean, it's the you guys should just feel lucky that you're allowed to be in this thing game. That's the way it works. I mean, when you have two, if you're, if you're the committee, you maybe think about like, Instead of going Louisville, Maryland, throwing like Louisville, like Nebraska at Louisville instead, just to like at least get one of the two names in there. Because w- when you do Nebraska, who is who are they playing? Uh, who did I just say? Uh, Boston, Boston College. College. When you have those two, you're just basically putting two teams that no one gives a bleep about. Now, do you care? At to- least if you like let Nebraska play Louisville, then like you'll have people from you'll have Louisville, you have at least or Maryland versus Boston College in the same in the same manner. You at least have one of the teams that has some cliche. Did I say that right? Cliche? Cliche. Cliche. There we go. So, I'll let you guess this. I might not be able to say it, but they got it. You got it. (laughs) So, there are 15 teams in the ACC. There are 14 teams in the Big Ten. So, every year, there's a designated survivor, basically, in the ACC. (laughs) It should be sitting to be those teams to finish last in in the ACC, not to get in? Now, this year, it actually is. Okay. But most years, they're just like, sorry, Boston College or Pitt. Like, it's it's you or Wake a couple of times. Yeah, years. well. Who do you think it is this year? Who's, well, they who's, finished last to be NC State, right? NC State is the team left out. Which NC State probably shouldn't be left out. It should probably be Boston College. It's not automatic that they do it like that, but in most years, it's kind of the, the – the, especially in a year like this where it's a team that's not typically – like, NC State's never been left out, I think, in this thing probably before. I don't think they are. And so it's a, like a – it's an easy out for the people who put this together to be like, sorry, NC State, you finished last. We've got to include Georgia Tech and BC and Wake this they year. They should make that a rule, though. If you finish last in ACC, you don't get to, to compete in this. Congrats. You get to schedule, you know, I don't know, Elon. Congrats. Well, I wouldn't say congrats. I mean, let's not be confident they're going to beat Elon. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's not, just, just saying. God hates NC State. Didn't they win like five games last year total? No, they won 11 games last oh, year. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. They won four in the ACC. They beat us. Four, okay, that's what it was. Four. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Didn't they beat us? Because we, we beat them on their home floor. No, we beat them on the home floor. And they beat us bad at home. Yeah, they can't. No, it was, wasn't it the game where they just went on the big run in the second half on us? Yeah, they beat us by 16 at our place. Yeah, they just dominated us in the second half. And that was their second to last win of the season. Well, in the, and in the first one, we blew them out in the first half, and then they let them come back. Right. And then, Semi got lucky. Look, we don't talk about last. We don't need to talk about last year. That's season. the Matt Cross game. That's Matt Cross's biggest claim to fame in it was tenure at Louisville. I love how we all like, had that takeaway too. Like you need a guy who's going to be clutch with the time. Literally had probably like, twenty seven <laughs> clutch opportunities after that and went over twenty seven <laughs> for the rest of the season. I was like, this guy, he's who you got to turn to in clutch time. It was three game by three game three games later. We're like, okay, 
Maybe not be clutch. Just how about any time during the game hit a shot? Yeah, if you're wide open, yeah. make a layup. Yeah. Stop fighting people after games. If I, if I tell you it's a game winner with, with eight minutes left in the first half, we hit the shot. The roller coaster of expectations from Matt Cross last year, it started with like, I don't know, I think this guy might get some big minutes. Then it was like, he may be able to like be a, a big-time contributor. He was like, he may be our best player. we got to go to him during crunch oh, time. No, let's not forget the, the – Hold on. Then okay. it became like – Okay, buddy. Like, let's let's make a couple shots. Like, but he still does other things well. Then it's like he's fighting the whole team after games. Then it was like, you can't play him at all. That was it. You forgot the. He's got spunk. He's got that that hustle attitude. I'm liking this guy. This guy, and I, oh, I'm, I was right there with you. Oh, we all said that right at the beginning. That was the start. Exactly. And it was all. Oh, he's got that. He's got that 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 uh that little chip on his shoulder. I'm, I'm gonna, this guy's gonna be great. We're gonna love him. He's gonna die for balls. He's gonna he's nail got that threes. dog in him. Then he's then he hits the three against NC State. We're like, oh, this guy's awesome. Then when you start missing threes, that little chip on your shoulder and attitude kind of starts being even soured on by your own fan base. You lose a little bit of that dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know that you you always talk about Matt Cross, the kind of guy that that you describe as everyone hates him except for the team he plays for, his right. fan base. But when you don't hit shots, it changed. Then everyone hates you, even your own fan base. It uh, good it, luck. Good luck with that, Frank Martin. It was a roller coaster ride. <laughs> I can't wait to see Frank Martin just taking shots of Pepto every time Matt Cross takes a shot on Matt, the sideline. Matt Cross went three of six uh, from deep in that game. He made three three pointers in a game exactly one time after that against North Carolina. I thought you were going to say combined. <laughs> no, against North Carolina in the game that we got screwed in. Oh, okay. He also had fifteen rebounds in that game. 15 and 13. He had 15 rebounds in that game? 15 and 13. He went out, end of the season, last game, Virginia, four minutes, zero stats across the board. <laughs> Nothing. Four trillion. Oh, there were a couple games he didn't even play, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he sat out. He, and I don't mean injury scratch. I mean healthy scratch. He actually didn't. Well, he didn't play. It was the Virginia game at the end. It wasn't the Virginia game in the ACC tournament. It was the Virginia game regulation. He didn't play in either one of the ACC tournament yeah. games. So that was it. Um, all right, we got to go to break because we started oh, late. Cross. That's on me. We'll, we'll get to the text line coming up. Also, this Ruben Owens deal, NBA draft last night. Is there dissension amongst the Calipari ranks? Part 5,000. We'll get into that talk. Uh, make some KRC people mad. It's, it's all in a day's work. Happy Friday to you. Hope your weekend's off to a fantastic start. we got two and a half hours here left on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, The Big X. And you know that. Mike Rutherford Show Friday edition. Hope your weekend's off to a fantastic start. Hope your plans are good this weekend. Hope you got something going on. Hopefully it's inside. It's still god-awful hot out there. I bet Mark Warburg's going to tell me it's not 90 out there, isn't he? Stop. <laughs>
I'm still mad about the disappointed about the my morning jacket cancellations. If you had tickets, I'm sure you're disappointed too. But eh, other stuff going on this weekend. Should I be. mean, if it's gonna be like it is outside today, I know. I like I walked the dog when I got I'm, home yesterday and like almost passed out. And I was like, how was I expecting to like be outside for five hours standing up doing this? I, I just yeah. I'm. This is. I mean, this is gonna sound bad because I'm not a big my morning jacket fan anyway. But I mean, sort of like the resurrection of Bradley Nolan Sublime. Like, I don't know if I could sit out for five hours and watch a concert in the seat. Yeah, I was more excited about it because I had friends coming in from out of town that I haven't seen in a while. It was going to be like a Well, you can hang out with them thing. now and not Which is outside. Kind of what, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to see what you But, of course, like now, they're like, can we play golf? I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't play golf right now. Why do people insist on being outside? Yeah. What, have you been in prison for four years? Let's go, let's go go to a movie or something. You seen the Jurassic Park yet? Once again, I'm slowly <laughs> turning into you. I was like, just want to stay inside. Like, give me something where I can be indoors. Do you guys just want to come over and watch TV? <laughs> I mean... I just don't understand. We, we as humans have tried for so long to perfect indoors. We spend our money making our homes as nice as they can be. Why do we have these? And why do we constantly want to leave and go places? It, it defeats the purpose. All right, let's talk about Ruben Owens for a second. Because uh, oh, I, I like this because you haven't seen it. So the talk all this week and the KRC boys, 7 to 9 every morning right here on 1450 The Big X. They were on remote today. TJ Walker, aren't they always on remote though? Like, is uh, last Friday of the month? Isn't one of them like always in studio and the other is like? I thought Roush always did it like via Zoom. Oh, well, that case, yes, yeah, yeah. I meant like officially on remote. <laughs> I don't think they've been in the studio on a Monday and since like 2020. Where were they? Where were they today? They were at Oxmore. Oh, shout out to them. For some reason, we didn't get invited though. Well, we were, we've already been there. Yeah, but like they get to go there like. They were giving out donuts. They had donuts from Thornton's out there. They had some Shady Ray's. We brought them food last time we went there. They had Shady Ray sunglasses out there. Come on. And for some reason, I don't know why, there's a pair of bananas also on the table. Where did TJ? Will Levis? I mean, I guess. Actually, it had to have been TJ. T- TJ, for some reason, loves to bring bananas to work every- when he'd come in in the morning. I bet he does. There's constantly banana peels like all over the studio <laughs> parking lot. It's like so, if, if a Doyle worked here, he'd be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to Walker and Roush uh, every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9. Good guys, even though they cheer for the wrong team. But they have been, I won't say leading the charge because I listen to like no other Kentucky people. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I see the ones online, and I, I hear from my friends. I, po- I posted a link to the story we wrote on Card Chronicle that Keith wrote on Card Chronicle after Ruben Owens committed. And like I had like seven responses from UK friends who follow me who were like, we'll see. We'll see. We're all going to see. And at first, the line was, just wait till he goes to Texas A&M. Wait till he gets on campus. Wait till they get him that visit. And Ruben Owens is like, I'm not taking any visits to anywhere unless it's Louisville. Boom. Done. And they're like, well, we'll still see. <laughs> We're going to see. He's never playing. Love the mic up for Ruben. <laughs> and so today, guess what Ruben Owens did? Did he sign a somehow early letter of intent? Ruben Owens got a tattoo. Oh, that was that would have been my. Th- I was gonna say enrolled somewhere high school wise, but the man he has, got a tattoo, huh? Did, oh, please tell me it's Satterfield space. The man. Oh, <laughs> please tell me it's a picture. It's the picture of Satterfield with the L behind, with the lake behind him. The man has not been committed to Louisville for even a full week, and he's got a tattoo that has the nine seven nine area code on a street sign, which is where he's from in Texas, and then right below it, five zero two. Ooh, now what area code is A&M in? Who cares? I'm just kidding. It's not five. Make sure it's not something you can, something all, you can, you can, change. You can change it to like where it looks. Are they like 503? I mean, I don't know how this works really. Eight. Because you can change it a five to an eight. Yeah. I mean, I just want to make sure he's not, not this easy. This isn't available. I'm, I'm getting all the excuses for UK fans out of the way. Nine, seven, nine. 
nine seven. Oh, that's not even close. You can't. There's no way you can change the series. There's to a seven. no You're, way. He's, he's done. done. He's yeah. coming here. He's playing. He's, he's locked up. in. He's locked in now. Only the only other op, the only thing they can fear is an eight oh two. Isn't that Georgia? And that's Atlanta, I believe, right? Or they ate something. Ah, uh, <laughs> eight oh two area code is Vermont. We're good. Oh, yes. we're, we're, yeah, we're in. <laughs> That couldn't have been a better couldn't have been a better answer. I also like that when you Google it, it's not even like a city; it's state of Vermont. <laughs> so they don't get that one. Is the eight hundred two area? They code. they in Rhode Island have to be the only ones to do that. There's no there's Delaware. Maybe I guess yeah. I mean, assuming Rhode Island I'm, has to be. If Vermont's too big to have multiple area. I mean, the city of New York alone has three area codes. But that's a city. Chicago's got two. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, so like, this isn't a. I mean, obviously, if he really wanted to, if stuff got bad, if he got a better offer somewhere else, or he just didn't like Scott Satterfield, you could just you know black out that little five hundred two, and it could be a nothing. <laughs> does he? But, is, does he a lot of tats on him? I mean, yeah, his leg. It looks like this is on his leg. No, no, no. It's on his arm. I take it back. It's on his arm. Oh, I like better arm. And a lower or upper arm. Lower. It's right by his wrist. Oh, I'll show you the picture. That's here. good. Okay. Is it on your Twitter account or anything? There's the five hundred two right there. Okay, and he's got a bunch. Of t- is that an Optimus Prime tattoo? I believe that's a Jason uh, mask. Oh, couldn't get with it. a chain underneath. I don't have my glasses. <laughs> but this is like it's no it's no small thing that the man is saying. He's putting out a, a message that's right now. Still, yeah, I don't. That's that's he's insane. all in. Yeah, he's all in. Number one running back in the country has five hundred two tatted on his arm. Do you think, like I can hear him like hear him Pierce Clarkson like talking on the phone and Pierce like, yeah, man, I got these billboards up and Ruben's like, oh really, billboards, huh? You want you want to go billboards? I got that. I They're all gonna start one upping each other. Challenge accepted. DeAndre Moore <laughs> runs for mayor. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I'm taking Greg Greenberg out. Not literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gotta be specific when it comes to good God. the political things here. DeAndre, you don't want that office. Even though I did see we caught the man who punched the governor. We did. And for some reason, I we, I'm, I'm I don't not know why we're using we. I'm not sure why they showed. I saw them like him at the courthouse, and why is he be defended? His lawyer looks like Pin from Pin and Teller. I do not know. Hmm. He looks like a skinny Pin. Might be somebody I know. I mean, I'm just, I didn't know he was a lawyer here. Could be. Like, that's who they got. They're like, we're not going to give this guy a chance. Let's give him a, let's give him a magician. So I saw that too. I saw an you know, update to the situation we talked about, I guess, on Tuesday. I saw that he was, you know, he'd, he'd been arrested, yeah. he'd been charged. There was no, I didn't see any details about how they caught him. I don't know if it was just like I somebody. Someone ratted him out. They had to. His picture was all over the place. But like, it lasted a few days before like anybody caught him. It was well, you know, stitches get snitch, snitches get stitches, and people were a little hesitant to do it. I think so. So that was. You didn't tweet out the picture of the tattoo. I was going to look at it real quick. I was going to put it on the website, but oh, okay. Yeah, Ruben Owens got a tat. He looks good. He's killing it. <laughs> Who would have thought? Again, like, I know that I do this thing. I feel like once a week, where I'm just like, have we taken a moment to sit back and really think about how mind effing like crazy this is that this is all happening? Who would have thought a year ago? Not, not a year ago. Seven months ago, when Scott Satterfield was one of the least likable, least popular people in this entire city. Yeah. And even the people who did like him, I don't think would qualify him as, like, cool or hip or the type of man— Those weren't my first two words. The type of man who would inspire the number one running back in America from Texas to get 502 (laughs) tatted on his arm. Every now and then, you just have to take a moment and sit back and be like— is this a simulation? I mean, you, I could have named 100 adjectives and cool and hip probably wouldn't have made the list. Chillville. I mean, and if you'd have told me this time last year this was our recruiting class, I don't think there would be any way humanly possible you couldn't convince me that we hadn't hired Jeff Brom. Yeah. I mean, that that would be, I mean, 
there's there's no way. I, I'm, I, are we on, are we on the air? You would. We should be. I, we have we're getting a lot of texts from people saying the stream and the radio are dead air right now. If you can hear us right now, please text in. We should be on. Well, we yeah. So now we're getting the phone audio. We're not on the air. A lot of texts, a lot of DMs, a lot of people saying we're not on the air. We're off the air. Yeah, we're off the air. Well, let's keep going because we're recording for the podcast. We do it for the content. And someone right now, we're on the air. If you can hear us, let us know. We're not on the air. Are you sure? Just most recent text <laughs> on the text line, you're off the air, fellas. I'm sure 50 people already texted you, but the stream and radio are both dead air. Uh, tell Wagyu Boy, y'all ain't in the air. <laughs> We're back now. We're back. Why am I Wagyu boy? It's the guy who, it's, um, <laughs> it's, um, what do we end up nicknaming him? It's Mad Fan. Mad oh, texter, yeah. Angry Texter. <laughs> Which is funny because I finally replied to him. He, he was, because he complained about how, get a producer that doesn't have five seconds of dead air before you come on. And I finally replied to him. I said, if someone who's so angry and hates our show, well, you would think that five seconds of dead air would be your highlight. The highlight of your day. All right. Stream and radio are back up now. All right. You're welcome. I have no idea. Somebody let me know what we were talking about. Now my mom just texts me you aren't on the air. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I mean, that's not a good sign. You guys can stop texting. Uh, <laughs> we're back on. Thank, thank you to everybody who let us know. Um, <laughs> let me now know. I'm sorry. Text line now. What were we talking about when we went dead? Because I've got... I thought we had some good stuff there. I was excited about what was the conversation that was taking place. I'm just, we're, we're, this is our, our our poor attempt to push podcast numbers. This first hour. Because it, it's been just a complete cluster, believe as. I blame myself. It's a Friday. No, it's not you. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's it's a mixture. You know, I was off my game because I didn't get my, my, my dogs ate my lunch. And, Come on, Pods. And then and you've got, and then we both. Texture says chicken wings. We both. <laughs> it hadn't been that long. We, 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 both had, we both are dealing with Pods in our own way. Uh, I mean, you know, so it's, 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 it's a struggle. It's an uphill battle on a daily basis. We went from UofL to Maryland uh, to, Matt Cro- to Matt Cross sucking. That was That's how long we've been off the air? That feels like it was ages ago. That was the whole first segment. So we've been off this segment. And we start, so the, our entire Ruben Owens speech didn't go on the air? All right, let's start again. It is on, again, it is recording. I'm looking at the recording, though. So we did get it recorded. We were off for about 10 minutes. Section says Trevor had just started talking about his wet train lines. Yeah. Come on, that was the line. night before. Text line's feisty today. <laughs> I had some weird dreams. We last start night. late. We go off the air. They're all mad about it. Let's talk about. Uh, okay, let's let's. We went off the air during commercial break, so this entire segment has been off. Oh, good lord, Trevor, what what happened? I the I, I don't know. This is the Calipari thing. I, I think it's you know what it is. I know what it is. We came on, and what was the first thing we talked about? We were debunking all the Kentucky fans who want to whine about oh, it's not coming here. You want to stop? And we brought him up. All right, well, let's talk about it then. That was it's a conspiracy. Somebody in you Big Blue Nation cut a line because they didn't want the truth out there. Texas last I heard was actually Matt Cross, too. So I, I think the stream died during commercial break. The air may have died during the first segment. Sorry. What a way to end it. God love all the people who, I mean, the, all the people who were texting in with updates about what was happening who've just been hanging on with us because I would have checked out a long time ago. That's all <laughs> we, yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. Let's reset. The Ruben Owens thing. Yes. So we talked a lot about KRC. We won't do it again. The KRC boys, seven to nine yeah. every morning. Uh, donuts, glasses, bananas. Donuts, glasses, bananas. Oxmoor Toyota. TJ, uh, I almost said TJ Rouse. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse. They do a fantastic <laughs> job. And I said they've been leading the charge, but I really don't know because I don't listen to any other UK stuff pretty much. <laughs> but from what I've seen, endorsement on like like Twitter and their social media channels, and what I've heard from Walker and Rouse with the Ruben Owen stuff, it's all been. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. At he ain't going to be there. At first it was, well, wait till he gets on A&M's campus. Wait till he takes that visit. Wait till, wait, wait till we see what happens there. Enjoy, enjoy, and then, TJ, then Ruben Owens comes out, tweets out, I'm not taking any more visits yep. unless it's a little done. Boom. Done. And then all these people are like, we'll still see. We're going to see. He's never going to play for y'all. It's not going to happen. Nope. Ruben Owens hears this. And what does he do? I asked you. See, this was, it was better when it was, it was, when it was organic. Natural. Yeah, I know. You're, you're asking me, and I did not know the real answer. And I, I thought you said he that he got a tattoo of Cat Satterfield's face. Well, no, no, you know that's not what happened at all. Oh, well, wouldn't it? You guessed something else, and I, you, you guessed something else, and then I said he got a tattoo, and then you were like of Satterfield's face. That was your secondary <laughs> guess after I revealed what happened. Well, but Ruben Owens, for those who don't know, what we're talking about Ruben Owens did reveal today he got a tattoo, and it's on his arm. One like little street sign. Says nine seven nine, the area code of his hometown in Texas. Isn't a is it a street sign with the number on it? Yes. Okay. And then right below that, he's got the area code on the street sign five hundred two. Five hundred two, baby. Pretty clear message being sent out there. Now we we can we confirm this isn't a connection to something in Texas though with five hundred two. No, we can't. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. So does your say, your question then does it became five hundred two Chillville. No, it doesn't. And and I'm so sad that we missed this live because it was brilliant organic. You were like. What could we possibly like? Like, let's make sure that the college station area code isn't something that could like be altered with yeah. a five hundred two. And we figured out the second second digit for the college station area code seven. No, no way you can change a zero to Can't a seven. Done. So then you were like, okay, well, what's the eight hundred two area code? I'm a little bit worried about that. We googled it, and brilliantly, it's the entire state of Vermont. So we're good. I feel good about Ruben Owens becoming a Cardinal now. It's in ink. It's on his body forever, unless he just like blacks it all out, which I, I can't imagine he would. I feel. And we're making light of this. It's no small thing that the man who just committed no. to the school on Monday has now gotten the area code of the city he's going to play for in college tattooed on his arm. I mean, that's, I mean, short of like changing his last name to Satterfield. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, that's, 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 that's right up there. I mean, I'm, and, and you know, if, if you, if you've listened to the podcast, you will hear me repeat this little joke here, but I mean, if I'm Pierce Clarkson, I've got to be like, dude. Like, I'm putting out billboards. I'm on Twitter. You know, my dad's doing radio. What? You got to make me look bad, man. These guys are one up each other. You just got a tattoo. What am I going to do? And that's what I said. I was like, you know, what if DeAndre Moore runs for mayor? And then we, we realized we don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't you want don't want that. that job. No, no, it's a bad job. No, no, no. It's a bad thing to do. I mean, I'm trying to think what Pierce. I mean, DeAndre Moore takes over the Ali Museum. <laughs> I mean, change his middle name. Can he name his first child Scott? Madden Sanker owns a derby horse next year. <laughs> I mean, starts training horses. I mean, can he get a can he get a face tattoo instead and be like, ah, there you go. The point is, <laughs> folks, these kids cannot wait to play football it's for the University of Louisville. Loving it. They've spent their whole lives waiting to play for Scott Satterfield. Who hasn't? And I said the, the other thing that I said. Uh, poor podcast listeners are like, get to something you haven't said yet. I said we all need to every now and then. In the middle of all this madness, in the middle of this celebration, in the middle of this glory, just take a second to realize how mind-effing crazy it is yeah. that we're talking about Scott Satterfield, a man who seven months ago, I would say, was very unpopular in the city of Louisville. It's and even the, people, even the people who would say that they liked Scott Satterfield wouldn't qualify him, wouldn't characterize him as anything that would be like cool or hip or... Certainly not somebody who would inspire the number one running back in the country <laughs> who lives in the state of Texas to get Louisville's area code tattooed on his arm. He's so happy to play for Scott Satterfield that he's putting it in ink. Unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't even have guessed. You couldn't even probably convince me that Satterfield could have convinced his own kid to do that. 
<laughs> and he lives here. I mean, I just I don't think you could have convinced. There's, I don't think it'd been impossible. Texas says Austin is five one two. You can't change that zero to a one. No, not no, that not, is, not that, gracefully. That no is, way. That is kind of nerve. That does make me a little nervous though. No, five one no, two is pretty close. Yeah, but again, the zero cannot be shifted to a one. I mean, how are we? Are we sure he meant to get five hundred two? We, we just get like a drunk tattoo artist that no, he's screwed done. it up. Okay. He's done. Um, teacher, the, the card stalkers texted in. Pretty simple, Mikey. The five hundred two stands for how many schools he's still considering. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. That's nice. It's uh, pretty good. But again, like this, we're we're, we're making jokes about this. It does make me feel more comfortable that he's going to come here and play for U of L. Tattoo stronger than letter of intent, right? It really, yeah. I mean, it I absolutely mean, it pretty is. much is. I learned from Pete Davidson when he got those Ariana Grande bunny ears tattooed on his neck. They're forever. Nothing changes. Again, I'm making fun of it, but it's no small thing that he got 502 tattooed on his arm. I mean, he's not with her anymore, right? No, they like they they, they got engaged after two weeks and then broke up like a month later. And he was like a Kardashian now. He's with the the Kardashian Kim. Oh, man, funny people, man. I, I know, they but you well. got to be skinny funny. Trust me. Yeah. That funny doesn't work. Unless you're Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then, yeah, yeah, that's true. Every one of his significant, well, of course, this is like Hollywood, but every one of his like significant others in movies and TV have been very attractive. Like skinny funny gets you, skinny funny and obviously not attractive, gets you hot models. Fat funny gets you basically dead at 27. Well, that was, <laughs> I mean, that got dark real quick. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just point it out there. Uh, quick, we have a, a couple quick updates before we, we have a couple minutes before we go to break. We've so, been at break all, all segments. <laughs> Clemson uh, decommit. We talked about Ray Ray Joseph, aka Nathaniel yeah. Joseph. Uh, he, they're going to he and a couple other guys. I think are going to Miami this weekend. Here's what he had to say about Louisville, though, in, in his interview. A couple, I guess this was yesterday. Louisville laid out the red carpet for me. They made me a priority. They have beautiful scenery, with the cars and the jets. It's more than I expected. The quotes go Can you on. Actually, say that. Yeah, I love it. The quotes, like in the story, go on to say him and the other guy who was in campus last week, whose name I, I don't remember, but are visiting Miami. They're both are basically like, we don't think Miami's going to be cooler than Louisville, and like we don't care what happens oh this weekend. We're going to Louisville. Lord. This is I'm telling you, this is the world that we live in now. Louisville has become cooler than Miami to the best football players in America. I'm going to the Bill. Bill, come on, Will Smith, get me a song out there. Jack Harlow, going to the Ville. We got Master P. Now. Master P. I mean, Master P. And Jack Louisville Harlow. resident Master P. If, if they don't do a Chillville rap, I'm just going to be very upset. And if they do, I, I want royalties in some way. We haven't had a UVL football specific rap song in too long. We had a, a while there. We had like a new one every year. Oh, I'm, we've had one since the Liberty Bowl. Well, yeah, we had like that. Are you ready? Which was awesome. Well, that's Ar- my guy, B. Sim. I thought that was Archie. No, that that's we ready. Oh, we had Are you ready? Uh, I mean, I don't remember that one. AKA one of the greatest lines of all. They played before every game. Oh, maybe I thought they were playing. Were you ready? <laughs> no, they, they had two different Are You Ready's. B Sim had one of the greatest lines of all time. It ain't a question if we go into the bowl game. Credit to Patricia. I ain't got to say his whole name. I mean, the man just <laughs> killed it every time he did it. Then we had, who could forget this? Uh, apparently I have. You for, I mean, yeah, this is the period of time when you were just gone. Like you, I don't even know why I bring up stuff from this era. Uh, oh, oh, this is your 05 to 010? Yeah, exactly. The, oh, man, those were. There's some good days in the Kelsey Kelsey life lifeline. Life <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking. 
<laughs> mimosas flowed like like rivers. So do you remember, <laughs> I, I, again, I keep saying this, you probably don't. <laughs> we had a commitment briefly from this kid, DeMar Dorsey, who was supposed to go to Michigan. He was five-star coming out of high school. He was one of the best players in America. Actually, I do remember. The name does yeah. sound familiar, unless so I'm thinking of Joey. He didn't get into Michigan. He didn't get into USC. Like he was all. He's like, I'm going to Louisville. I'm going to Louisville. I'm going to Louisville. We all were excited about this. His nickname was No Fly Zone. He ended up never even making it to campus. Like he, ended, I think he went to Hawaii and did nothing after that. But there was a, a, a local rap group, the Slugger Boys, who made a song called No Fly Zone after this commitment. That's and it name. ended up being the theme of the entire season. Like they played it before every game. You don't fly here. No fly zone. For a player who ended up not even being on the team, which was a, a sign of things to come. Because I think that was the 2000s. I think it was Cragthorpe's first season. But yeah, we for a while there, we had like a new reps. It's time. It's time to get... I don't know if the get down click's still around. Get them back together. Get them down. Get them clicked. Make a song. We need to celebrate what's happening with U of L football this moment. It's moments like this I don't regret not remembering this era. Well, you should. I mean, it's, Louisville by get down click that should have been that was like ninety nine. You should have known that. You think it was like the number one song? It was like you couldn't go anywhere in the city without hearing it. Apparently, you could go to my house. Good God, because it wasn't playing there. What's wrong with you? Where was that working? Ninety nine. Still got the whole country waiting for the album to drop. 99 was the that was a, that was a fun year. That was when I was working. I ended the year last three months working at Toys R Us for the for uh, the Christmas season. Worked in the R zone. Great contribution. Thank you. I'm just saying, but they weren't and they weren't playing the get down click at uh at at the Toys R Us. Well, they should have been. They. <laughs> I also like how we have like. <laughs> We have Jack Harlow, who's one of the most popular rappers in the world, from Louisville. I know who that We've is. We've got Jay-Z involved with, uh, with the, the athletic program. We've got Master is. P involved with the athletic program. And I'm still like, no, 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 no. Get the get-down click back. <laughs> Where are the Billbillies at? Get the Billbillies back. I'm, I know them. I know I've heard their name. Billbillies were fans. They, they still do shows every now and then. Do they really? Yeah. I couldn't probably tell you one song they've done, but I just know their name. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back. <laughs> it's uh, the Bill Billies. How can you forget that name? Of course. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. We'll take your text. We'll also talk about last night's draft. Um, well, no one heard my letters to Cleo coming in. I think Trevor had a good reaction to or a, a good draft night. We'll talk about I that. I want to talk about the draft. Also, John Calipari. Is there a rift in the UK? Uh, Ooh, I didn't, weird see, I didn't see him hugging guys. We, well, I mean, there's a reason. The oh, weird oh, night in oh, the UK oh, world last night. We'll talk about that a little bit coming up in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on our Friday here on I know exactly what movie reminds you of, and I knew you were going to love it. Of when course. I, when I picked this on the playlist. I like the whole soundtrack of this movie. I knew as soon as I did this, I was like, "This is I'm going to use this one when I can cheer Rutherford up on coming into a segment. Yeah, I know, way. He's like, of course it was. It's the Jennifer Love Hewitt part where they show her in the yearbook. Is she... Is it yearbook? And then she walks into the party, right? And then they, they stop with, oh, with yeah, every yeah, character, yeah. and they show yeah. their, like, yeah, their yearbook right. qualities. Yeah. That's the only thing. I couldn't tell you another part of the song after the first like 30 seconds of it, though. Because, I, mean, I mean, it was just like when I was queuing it up, like when the intros and outros, 
I was like, this is pretty much like this is the only part, like the first like 15 seconds, 20 seconds of the song, because after that, it's I don't know anything. <laughs> God, Jennifer Love Hewitt was so hot. I think the name of that group, I'm trying to look it up right now because I, I don't want to be wrong about this, but I think it was called like the Sneaker Pimp Six. Well, you is, Sneaker right? Pimps. Sneaker Pimps. The song is just Six Underground. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And there's a theme today. Okay. It's a very loose based theme, though. It's, it's very vague. Theme. My favorite kind. <laughs> Let's about the draft last night. Yeah. I barely watched. I think you watched way more of this. I kind of forgot the draft was on, to be perfect. I, I remember. Well, A, I remember because I was doing the Bats game and I, I was like, well, you know, I can put the uh, the draft on in the background while I listen to the, the Dossett exciting tones of Nick Kern and then Jim Kelch. One of the things that I want to talk about yesterday that we never got to was I thought it was so intriguing. And we did talk about this a few weeks ago when I don't know how the draft came up. But I thought this was the first year in a long time where the debate over the number one pick has been like really interesting. Like it always, There's always going to be contrarians out there who say, well, I think this guy who's number four should have actually been number one. I think he's going to be the best player. But it was the first time where I felt like there was a real debate over who was going to be the number one pick. Typically when you get like a month out, everybody knows who it's going to be and there's no yeah. real confusion. This year there was legitimate debate and I think there was confusion. So much so that the day of the draft, the morning of the draft, the odds on who the number one pick was going to be kept fluctuating from like hour to hour to hour based on report after report after report. And one of the things that I was going to say yesterday was I didn't think he was going to be the number one pick. I've assumed all along it was going to wind up being Jabari Smith, but I thought Paulo Bancaro, and I think I told you this off air, I think is going to be the best player from this draft class. I And I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't think he will be a good player. I, one, I just don't, I just don't. I mean, I'm sure there will be someone at some point. Will, will You're rise. not high on this draft. I'm not. I think I'm not saying it's a bad draft, like it's nothing but bust. But I just think it's a draft full of just kind of role players. I mean, from start to bottom. Now, obviously, at some point throughout the draft, that there could be someone who you know rises above and and proves me wrong. And it's not just by scoring points, by the way. It's just being actually be a good ball player. But Jabari Smith, I thought, was the best player in this draft. Like is immediate impact and as someone who I thought had just a better chance, especially in the way the NBA is played right now, uh-huh. I thought I had just really the best chance of kind of stepping up him and Jay Ivey is another one. I like, I do love the guy that uh, the Pacers took in uh, from, is it, is it, how do you pronounce his last name? Is it, who's about uh, Ben? Is it Munchen in? Oh, Benedict Mathurin. 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 Yeah. I knew him. I'm always gonna, I, I do love him as a, he's a guy I don't expect to be a star player, but a nice, I mean, if he's, you know, Malcolm Brogdon role player. I'm happy with that right there, even at six. So, plus, I think he actually was wrong to say that. I think it is. It's Mathurin, I believe. Yeah, I'll figure it out if he gets it good. If, if he sucks, I'm not going to bother worrying. The only reason I'm confused now is it's one of those deals where I pronounced it wrong the first half of last season when I wasn't watching a whole lot of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then when I started watching it, I was like, oh, it's Mathurin. And then I'm like, now, I'm, now I can't remember which one it was. But all I know is he's like my second favorite player in this class. I'm I think calling him Ben. I think he's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I do like. I do like him. I mean, and. You know what? I mean, it's just call me a hater what you want. I've been a Pacer fan since 1991. And in that entire time, it it took until last year for them to ever get a UK player on the roster. Yeah, they had uh, Poitras for like a month a a couple years ago as well, but that didn't give a count. But last year having Isaiah Isaiah Jackson and they got him in the draft day trade was the first time they'd had a a Kentucky player on the roster for a full year. And it's also the worst record they've had since 1988. So, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence. So, I was very worried about them taking Sharp. I was very happy when they passed on Sharp. Uh, short of that, the draft wasn't, I mean, I, I realized, like, because the last couple of years, I haven't really enjoyed the draft as much. And I don't know if it's 
my my love of the NBA slightly fading a little bit. I don't know because in college basketball, it's not that. I still love college basketball as much as I did when you know I was you know eight years old. But I started watching it last night. And I started realizing I was like, maybe it's not just the draft. It's the fact ESPN just is awful at most of everything they do. I mean, they are just bad, and their draft coverage is just god awful. I mean, it, it, I, I sit there watched it for about five minutes and started thinking to myself, thank you, Lord, that the NFL draft gets another option in the NFL network. Because I think, I couldn't imagine sitting through, I mean, I think hopefully the ESPN coverage of the NFL draft is better, but the basketball NBA draft, it's just, it's putrid. It is, makes my ears bleed. I, I, I envy Helen Keller five minutes into listening to Kendrick Perkins gargle his way through some just stupid comment. It's just, oh man. So when I put it on mute and started watching the movie Say It Ain't So on my phone instead, <laughs> I learned the draft was much more pleasant to watch. By the way, very underrated movie. Have you seen that? Uh, I don't even know what it is. Say It Ain't So, Chris Klein falls in love with uh, Heather Graham, but then he finds out it's he's adopted and he finds out he, she's his sister. Oh. <laughs> and, and the plot thickens. It's actually very funny, though, as the movie goes along. A, a couple other things from last night that I thought were... <laughs> yes, that plot line was yeah. more entertaining than listening to anything Perkins, Bill... And I like Jay Bills to a degree, but he's just too dry at this point. And you need someone not desperately doing everything in their life power to be Charles Barkley next to him to make him rise above. Yeah, I wish I'd watched more of the coverage because I've got nothing to add to you. You're... Ripping on it. <laughs> just, well, I mean, have you ever seen Perkins on any ESPN show? He's awful. <laughs> yeah. I, there are always a couple of guys, because I will follow the pre-draft stuff. I'll usually look at the, especially when Louisville guys are involved. But it's typically limited to, like, the top 15. And after that, like, I'm not, I don't really care, like, what no, the mock drafts say about who's going to 20 to 30. So there's always a couple of guys that I'm like, really? As a college basketball fan, last night, like, Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest, who I know lit us up last year and had a great yeah. year. The Indiana State train, like, I remember... Get like writing about him when we were getting ready to play Indiana State a couple of years ago. He goes 19th overall. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, like <laughs> seriously, like some of the guys who were drafted after him, I'm like, he's better than like Blake Wesley from Notre Dame who went 25th. Who again, we could have had and we didn't. I mean, you could add that to a lot of names on this list. I mean, but we also like passed on him after we got Jared West. By the way, Jared West committed and Chris Mack was like, we're good, we're off Blake Wesley. And he's a one and done at Notre Dame, the first ever one and done at Notre Dame. We did some just dumb things. There were dumb so, roster. So many trades last night. One trade. This is when I knew, learned that I'm just going to quit caring about NBA draft day trades. Is when one trade said, I think it was the Dern, Dern, uh, Jalen Dern trade, and it said the team was using a first round pick in 2027. <laughs> I was like, why? Like, what? I mean, why? Hey, why would you trade a pick five years from now? You have no idea what you're going to be like in five years. Second, it's, it's like when you see the college football <laughs> game scheduled for like we're playing them in 2039, and then the return game in 2042. Yeah, it's I like mean, I mean, I mean, that's like, great. My kids are going to be like having kids then. I mean, you want to schedule or make that trade? That's fine, but you don't. You really need to tell me. Like, I don't care. I'm not. Remind me, like in a you know the year of or something, or within a shouting distance. But otherwise, don't bother even announcing it. The other name that I saw, because I, I caught the very, very end of the draft, the last coverage, and I honestly— I didn't watch the second round, which is amazing in my history, but yeah. One one guy who, who caught my eye was Bryce McGowan's because he lit us up a couple of years ago at Pitt, and he went ended up transferring to Nebraska. He went 40th overall. But I didn't know this player went pro. Uh, Jabari Walker, who's the son of Samaki Walker, played two years at Colorado, was pretty good. Like I thought he was just kind of coming into his own. Last year had a really I good performance. Him, yeah. Had a really good performance in the NCAA tournament two years ago when he was a freshman. Looks exactly like Samaki. 
which is interesting because I used Samaki's famous draft yeah. outfit as the, the the Twitter picture for yesterday. Great outfit. But he went 57th overall, the second to last pick to the Blazers. Um, I it was one of those. I should have known this, but I did not know that he'd stayed in the draft. Seems like kind of a mistake on his part. He was really playing well for Colorado, but well, why is it a mistake? He got drafted. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. If I mean, I don't know if he'll make the team, but I'm, I'm just no offense to Colorado. I just don't think their basketball nil rights are probably that high anyway. No, but you know, he was. They've had a couple good. You no love Ted. No you love Ted Boyle. I, I do love Ted Boyle, but You're I'm a just, Ted Boyle guy. That, but that, and that's why I love him because he has to he has to rise above not having the money to hand out. Now let's talk about the the Kentucky drama. Have you seen oh, any of the this? drama? Am I going to be informing you of this? Um, I mean, maybe I noticed that. It was pointed out that he wasn't there with Shannon Sharp or Shaden Sharp or whatever. Well, you didn't know this, though, because you were talking about him being there and kissing babies last night. And, he, and I know he wasn't there with Ty Ty Washington when he fell all the way to 29. Yeah, Ty Ty slips last night. Shaden doesn't go. So there's last night, there's a whole bunch of back and forth on the UK Twitter. Like, is Cal even there? And remember, this is John Calipari, the this is the greatest night every year yeah. for UK basketball. These are my babies, right? It's his major selling point. By the way, with the Duke guy going number one, they have now passed Kentucky with most number one picks since Ooh. 1966. I, the, my guys, Tyson Tate, they, they do this thing where it's like when Calipari doesn't like his players, he calls them uh, my guys, and when he does, they're my kids. Like, like, so th- this is, the night is for that his, true? This is a night for his kids. Like His kids are the ones that get drafted in the first round. So Shaden Sharp, Ty Ty Washington, both expected to go in the first round. Yeah. One played for UK. One technically was a member of the basketball team last he, year. He's easier to claim than Enos Cantor. Fair. He practiced at least and, and you know, was eligible. Yeah. Could have played if he wanted Enos to. Enos Freena, whatever his name is. Um, so Calipari last night, all of a sudden there starts getting some reports out there that he's not at the draft. And Matt Jones is coming out and saying Cal's not at the draft. They went to a Yankees game. He's not here. So he's and in New York is what you're he's saying. He's in New York, now. but yeah. he's not at the draft. Yeah, because the draft is in Brooklyn. And that's no small thing. This is a guy who's you know, supposed to be like, – he loves going to the draft. He loves having his face on TV. Oh, yeah. He loves getting interviewed after his guys get drafted. And so, like, it, it starts swirling. Cal's not at the draft. Cal's not at the draft. Aaron Calipari, his daughter, on Twitter. Oh, she loves to chime in when it's not necessary. The other one follows me on Twitter, but she's off right now. So I'm more of a I'm Megan a fan. No, she's not. <laughs> I like the Calipari kids. I don't mind. That's sometimes – so Aaron, she she chimes in and she's like, "Y'all need to watch who you believe in." It's funny that people are saying my dad's not at the draft when he's literally sending me selfies from the green room. That's Aaron. And so people are like, "Whoa, Matt Jones got served. Matt Jones got served." Like, and she actually responds. Somebody says, "Like, well, Matt Jones says that he's not there," and she just goes, "Who?" Ooh. Ooh. So the whole KSR. Cal Perry feud that's been talked about for the last oh, few I'm months. I'm loving the way this goes. This oh, is, it's this, going this, deep. This is mud on Aaron's face, isn't it? So this morning, Matt Jones, I he's like, it. confirmed. She deserves Cal it. Perry, not at the draft last night. And the question is, why is this happening? Why is, are, are it, like, why is there confusion amongst the Cal Perry camp? Is she putting something out there that her dad told her to? Or is her dad lying to her? Is she just doing this because she doesn't like Matt Jones? Why doesn't she like Matt Jones? Why isn't Cal going to the draft period? I mean, I'm more curious why Cal is in New York but not at the draft. Like Aaron, That's the question. Aaron, Aaron Was ju- Cal actually at the draft? Aaron jumping into conversations that she does, probably doesn't need to be into, it, it doesn't surprise me. She loves to get her two cents in even when she looks. She comes out looking broke. So, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Why do you me. hate Aaron Calipari? She annoys the hell out of me. I don't know why. You've been, hearing, you've been listening too much KRC. The funny thing is I haven't listened to that show in probably years. Well, I know, but they, they were more of a fixture a few years ago when you were doing Oh, that. yeah, yeah. No, they actually like Aaron. They, they're more Aaron support. They, they get mad at me when I did bash her. Uh, she's always annoyed me and, and probably will forever annoy me. But 
that's not here. So I, I love it when she gets mud in her face in this situation and she looks as dumb as she usually sounds. But with Jeez, why is Trevor? Why, why? Again, I don't know. Like <laughs> most U of L fans like the Calipari kids and hate yeah. Calipari. I mean, she's cute, I guess. But uh, but why Cal would go to New York and not go to the draft is a very interesting mystery to me. I mean, if you were to tell me he's not to draft because he's not in New York, okay. I mean, that's something maybe comes up. He's got a recruiting. Tr- I don't know what whatever it may be. But he's there. I mean, he's in the, I want to say in the neighborhood per se, but I guess he is because he's in a Yankees game. Don't the Yankees play in Brooklyn? The question is, did he think it was going to be a bad look for him to like be congratulating Shaden Sharp when Shaden Sharp might not be giving it? Because clearly there's been. Well, but Tata Washington played for the exactly. team. Like that, I don't know if he thought Tata was going to go too late or he just wanted to avoid the Shaden Sharp thing entirely because clearly there's some bad feelings on both the side of UK and Shaden Sharp to a lesser degree about whatever transpired. I mean, I think Cal's pissed, and deservedly so, about getting let on yeah, but Cal's by Sharp not, and his company Cal's, the entire time. Cal's not petty and smart enough to know that whether you're mad at him or not, you being there still looks good on your program for future recruits. And looks and, and you. But even, maybe he doesn't care about that. Maybe he just doesn't, like, nah, he doesn't like the kid. I don't know I think Cal's... I mean, he, I'm sure he can have a grudge, but he's, he's smarter to see, through the trees, through, see the forest through the trees. I don't know, man. The man, I think, I think he, right. he likes Cal more than he likes perception. I think, first of all, Kentucky doesn't need that much help. Like they're doing fine recruiting well, regardless. Well, it's not like this is. It's not like this is back in 2012 when he's still trying to build this thing up for recruits. Like his brand is established. If you if you want to go play for John Calipari at UK, you don't need to see him at the draft to know why you're going to go to UK. That's sure the point. I, the only thing I can think of is he just is. He's pissed off at Shaden Sharp and doesn't want to go out there and fake it just so he can be there for Ty Ty Washington, which does seem a well, little bit petty. It's not really fair to Ty Ty. It's mean to Ty Ty, yeah. You I mean, also well, did not know that he was going to slip to, all the way to twenty nine going into the night. But you did know Sharp was going to go well before Ty Ty. For sure. So I mean, now was, did you think Ty Ty was going to go twenty nine? No. Would you thought Ty Ty was going to go near maybe the end of the lottery or somewhere between fifteen and twenty? Obviously, that seemed like a more logical dropping point for him. So, I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't have been there, see Sharp go at seven, because there's nobody, no one, everybody knew Sharp wasn't going to last past like eight or nine. I mean, the fact the Pacers passed on him was a shock to me as well, to, probably to anybody else. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, why not just hang around? I mean, for, I mean you don't have to sit at both tables. You could have just sat at Ty Ty's table. I mean, still give him a fist pump. I mean, their agents were there. They pointed that out. But but Cal, nowhere to be found. And the fact he's in New York, that kind of that that bothers me a little bit. It's a weird thing. Like if, like I said, if he was in like Boston or anywhere else doing something else for whatever reason, that's one thing. But to literally take the time to go to New York on the same day in the same neighborhood that your draft is at, instead of going to you go to a Yankees game. I mean, no. You know what it comes down to again. That, that, that's like rubbing it, not only not showing up, but rubbing it in their faces. You know what it comes down to again? He wanted to meet Dylan Lawson? <laughs> Cal's done. Cal's done? He's out. He's done? He doesn't care about UK the way he used to. Doesn't have the drive anymore. You, th- you think he's ready to go pro? Swaggy Cal, never coming back. They keep looking for signs. It's like us looking. I'll, I'll do a self-deprecating thing because UK fans are losing their minds right now. It's like us continually looking for like that dark cloud's lifting, that dark cloud's lifting for like the last seven years, when in reality, no, we got to wait for the NCAA to do something before that dark cloud can lift. UK fans keep desperately doing this thing where whenever there's a piece of good news, Swaggy Cow's back. This is something that Cal would have said back in 2012. This, is, this reminds me of the 2010 Cal. It's done. 
It's over. You're going to be a good team. They're going to be great this year. They're going to be a fine team. Yeah. But the days of being like feared by everybody and going out and getting everybody, anybody you want and just being the man in college basketball, the man in basketball circles, it's done. It's been over for a while. And that's not Kenny Payne's job. Well, we'll get that. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. We'll, so get, D- we'll get to the DJ Wagner up there today. I, I, just want, I just hope DJ's wa- watched last night and saw that one coach doesn't show up for his players. One coach abandons his kids when they need him the most. One coach would rather go watch baseball than support you at your best moment and your greatest time in your life. I thought this was the biggest night of the year for Kentucky basketball. It's the biggest night of the year for Sharp, for, for Washington, and apparently not for Cal. You don't sit out when your kids are getting drafted. I mean, at least send Orlando Antigua or something. It's like not coaching in the NCAA tournament. Which <laughs> that hey. coach ever sent an assistant to a draft? <laughs> he kind of did last That'd year. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> kind of fitting. Tony Barbie's just sitting there. <laughs> if you watch Kentucky St. Peter's the second half of that game, you might say he kind of didn't coach in that yeah, game. Well, yeah, I guess he so, let Shaheen yeah. Holloway do what he wanted to. <laughs> but just kind of a weird thing. Again, amongst a myriad of weird things that continue to happen in Lexington, there's just some sort of the vibes are off. With them. They're going to be, again, they're going to be good this year. Don't flip out UK fans. But you can admit, for the last couple of years, there's been a weird vibe. Back in the day, it was, you know, KSR loves Cal. Cal loves KSR. The KRC boys love Cal. Cal loves KRC. All the UK me. It's one big happy UK family. It was. The fans. You guys are crazy. I'm crazy, too. It's why we get along. I'll and bring now, you a pizza when you wait out for Midnight Madness tickets. And for the last few years, it's been like, you guys are a different kind of crazy. I wish you didn't really exist. That's kind of the vibe that you get from the Cal camp. Do you think Cal's spurned at the fact that some of the fan base is upset of the fact that it's been like a decade since he won the national title? I think that there's that. And, there, there's, they, they, and I think the fan base is understandably a little bit upset with some of the things that have happened under Calipari in recent years. Like yeah. They're not getting the same types of returns that they got in the first half of his tenure. And Cal feels it's unnecessary anger towards them, maybe, and it's making him bitter towards them? Absolutely. Okay. And let's be real. If, if the same thing were happening at L. If we had a guy come in here, like if this had been the Rick Pitino era, and he'd come in here and right away just set the world on fire, won a national title in year three, you know, had all these one seeds, had a top recruiting class every year, more NBA draft picks than you can count, and then in the five years that passed afterwards, like he was still pretty good, but we didn't even get to a Final Four. We had squandered the opportunity to have one of the best teams in history, and all of a sudden we're not getting the top recruits like we were every single year, at least the number one recruit every single year, and it just feels a little bit different. There would be a host of Louisville fans who would be up in arms as well saying, you know, give me some reason to believe that this is going to get back to the way it was because we haven't seen it now for seven years. And to be fair, like we had that happening back in 2012. There were many Louisville fans who wanted Rick Pitino gone. This is the same Rick Pitino who had gone to a Final Four in 05, had been the number one overall seed in 09. They lose in the first round in back-to-back years, 2010 and 2011. They don't get some of the recruits that we thought they were going to get. And that 2012 team, up until March, had been kind of an underachiever. There were peop- There was a group of people who tweeted me every single day from like January 2012 up until the point that we beat Florida to go to the Final Four who would say, Mike, either start vouching for Rick Pitino to be fired or write a post listing all the reasons why he shouldn't. And I'm going to tweet you every single day until you do this. And they would do it every single day. Like, tweet me, like, day 65, day 62. It was a group of people. And then we beat Florida, and they're like, okay, Rick Pitino's the greatest coach of all time. Like, <laughs> until that point, there were people who were saying, and in large part because of what Cal was doing in Lexington. I know, I know a few of them, too. Yeah. Who were saying, like, this just simply isn't good enough. And I think you're getting to that point with UK fans. I think Cal doesn't understand it. And 
you're getting a little bit of kind of the, the, the culture clash that was always there. Like, they were willing to put up with the, we're not a traditional program, this isn't about history here, it's about the draft and all this stuff, when he was winning national a national title. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not multi, it's not multiple, it's not singular, it's, and, it's not plural, it's singular. And there was a promise that more were on the horizon, but now it's been, it's going to have been eight years since your last Final Four. It's going to have been over a decade, it has been over a decade since your last national title. I think you're starting to see people saying, like, this isn't what we signed up for. This, you know, you can't do your whole John Calipari, I'm saying what I want, I'm bigger than the program type deal when you're not giving the types of results that we demand here. And I think Cal's not going to handle that well. <laughs> I think the fact, it's, I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, the pendulum has swung. And the fact is, is Kentucky is no longer the program. and They are on the way down in basketball. They apparently have peaked in football on going downhill. Their baseball team is in, is in, is in shambles. 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 Look at our minds on the same on the same wavelength <laughs> right there. Shambles. Terrifying. The the women's team is 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 just looking up at us, and clearly the better program is on the way in the door, and you're out the door. And if you don't understand that or see that or realize that, then. You know what? You apparently think Lexington is Egypt because you have a big river denial going right hey, through there. He's bringing out all the big hits on Friday. All, all that said, uh, I kid. I joke. You know, I, I feel like Triumph the, the dog over, which I love that video. I kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. If you've never seen the the Triumph like DVD, it's like forty five minutes long. Go get it. It is hilarious. We watched it for a period of time every weekend in college after coming back. I from mean, party. when he goes to the Bon Jovi concert, Bon Jovi's <laughs> good. Star Wars is the best. Star of all Wars. Time. A, when he goes to the pregnant woman, does this baby know that? Have you really ever had, t- had sex with a woman that didn't involve you giving your credit card number? I mean, that's some of those. Yeah. Go watch it. You'll, you'll thank me later. But that, that being said, I kind of agree more with what you'll hear TJ Walker say, where it's just like, listen, I get you. You're hungry for a national. It's been 10 years. I understand that. And there, you have reason to be hungry for one again. But the fact remains is that in that entire 10 years, Kentucky's been in numerous Final Fours, and with the exception of two times, really, have been going into a tournament regularly considered a heavy favorite to, or at least odds-on good chance to be in the Final Four. For sure. So let's not act like he is just pooping the bed all over the place. He's not, but my point is that the difference between the first part of the 10 he didn't lose those games that he's losing now. He never lost. He never lost in the first round before last year. Well, I mean, let's forget that. He didn't lose to Kansas State. They were a a five seed in 12. It wasn't like they were, they they had had an up and down season even in 2012, or 2011, excuse me. They were a four seed. I thought they were the five. They were a four. They were the same as us because they played uh, Princeton, who was the 13. But they like, but they didn't lose. It's those easy games. to get four and five mixed up. Right my my point is, they didn't lose those games, and it's not like they have been outside of the Carolina game in 2017. The you know the, the Luke May shot. They've lost to a team that they've been supposed to beat. They were a two seed that lost to a five seed in Auburn. They were what a three seed that got shocked by a really average eight seed in Kansas State. And if they'd won that, that was game, a bad that was one. the one. That's a bad. That was the one because the door, like that side of the bracket, just opened up completely. Oh man! All they would have had to have done would be would have beaten Loyola Chicago. And then I think Michigan was a four seed that made the final four from the other side. Like that was the one where it was like, ooh. Losing to Kansas State is more disgraceful than losing to St. Peter's to me. They had more of an opportunity. Because I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care if one's a fifteen and one's an eight. You do not lose to an eight seeded Bruce Weber team. It's bad enough losing to a number one seeded Bruce Weber team. 
That's how little I think of Bruce Weber's ability to coach. And that year, that whole bracket we lost that they one. were so mad about, you know, Cal did the whole thing where it's like, we got the toughest bracket in the history of the tournament. Like, the whole bracket just evaporated. The, the seas parted. The doors were right there for them to go to the yeah. national title game and potentially win it. I lost and a ton of money on that K-State game, by the way. That was the one that I think changed the tide. I went heavy on them. <laughs> I think they were a five-point favorite that game. I went big on Kentucky, and boy, I was angry as, as all Kentucky fans were. Yeah, I mean... It, what do you think of the three things? This is maybe the bad question to throw out there being a little more liberal fan base listening. But, you know, Kentucky fans out there listening to, they love us. KSR, the, K, the KRC uh, people love to listen to us. Like, does the Kansas State or St. Peter's loss, is that sting more than losing to Wisconsin? No. No. I mean. No. There's no way. I mean, Wisconsin what, has to be. That's, that's an all-time loss. I mean, they're all three. And then, I mean, yeah, but Wisconsin's history. You're 38 and 0. Did the Wisconsin losing the, the undefeated? Is that where? Is that what snapped the pendulum to swing the other way in in the terms of the way they can? T- I mean, what have they been done? If since they never, here, the narrative will always be if, if they never get back. If they like, if this season goes poorly and Cal's got like two more years, they never go back to another Final Four. The narrative will absolutely be that was what changed everything. Like, like they were. If he wins that game and they beat Duke in the national title game, they just get, like that changed the entire tide of the Calipari tenure in Lexington, and that has to I mean that has to be the worst loss of all time. Like like you're 38 and 0, you're two wins away from having a very very easy case to make that you're the greatest team in the history of college basketball, which is something that matters significantly to a fan base like Kentucky's, and you lose to a team that in their eyes, I'm sure they still think was inferior. Like it was like, like that's ooh yeah, and you had the game like you were right there. Yeah, then you. You know, you gave it to the Harrison twin. He cost you the game. And <laughs> Andrew Harrison blew it for you. So did Cal by letting him take over the last five minutes of the game. The best moment best moment of that game is when Cal looks over at his assistant coach and goes, what do I do? do should I call it? Like, he has no he's, – he's totally <laughs> flustered. And I'm not, like, the biggest Cal can't coach guy, but he absolutely just had no idea what to do in the last minute and a half of that game. I wanna, I feel like in 20 years we're going to – you're going to, like – Kids are going to look at it and go, oh, Wisconsin didn't win the national title? Uh, yeah. Like, it, ha- it had that miracle on ice moment type of feel. Yet, unfortunately, luckily for us, the U.S. beat I think it was Sweden, I want to say, in the next game. Yeah. Or it's like the Yankees-Red Sox, where the Red Sox, you know, they came come back, back from 3 yeah. And people forget, like, who they play in the World Series? Like, oh, it was Cardinals. Oh, was the Cardinals? Okay. It was a boring World Series. I was going to say, well, I thought it was White Sox, but they were both in the AL. So. All right, I haven't had a chance to glance at the text line. I'm sure it's blowing up. I'm sure people have very strong Short opinions. Of telling us we were what, off the air. <laughs> on what we're talking about, 502-414-1450. We'll take your text coming up after the break. For Mike Rutherford Show, rolling along here on a Friday here on 1450 The Big X. There's an office episode where, yeah, he thinks it to get it in Andy's head, and it stays in his head all day. It's off of a movie, and I can't remember what movie it's from. Shout to the Cardigans. Whatever happened to those guys? Well, and girl. But was, I'm quoting Andy Bernard from the episode. Oh, <laughs> okay. I wonder whatever happened to those guys. <laughs> Big song. Can I guess the year? Do you have it in front of you? It's not a year. 
No, but can I guess the year that song was out? Oh, well, sure, go ahead. I think it was like 96. 96 or 97. Um, it was, let's see here, the same as called Love Fool. The Cardigans, Love Fool. Uh, September 9th, 1996. Boom. Love it. I just remember it being a big deal in sixth grade. <laughs> I love when the, the, the I was off Romeo and Juliet. I, that's not the movie I was thinking of. Oh, the remake one? And maybe I need to go back. And, I've had people tell me how good this movie is. It's not good. Like, I watched it when it first came out and thought it was just god awful. It's not good. And, like, I don't, so you, I don't have to even bother asking, is it something I need to go back and rewatch? No. And, no. Okay. Don't waste your time with that. No. I didn't think it looked, and, I, and the thing is, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, oh, DiCaprio's great. He was great. I can't, other than Romeo and Juliet, I mean. I actually don't like Titanic, but. I, I don't That's hate, me. I don't hate it. I think it just I I know I don't think you agree with this policy. I think it gets that like this force gump effect to where it just got so popular and it's been everything gets shoved down your throat for so long that it's it becomes more trendy to hate it than, than realize that it's still good. See, I think that's fair, but I also think Forrest Gump's the opposite. I think more people like I don't like Forrest Gump, but I think more people like hate people who hate Forrest Gump. Like I think that's a wildly popular movie. I don't think that effect happened. I mean, they were both. You, you think just people hated it off the from the beginning? No, I don't think people hate Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. All right, I think some you. people hate Titanic just because it was like this huge phenomenon. Yeah, it just wasn't my thing. I mean, it's it's, it, it's fine. It is. It's not yeah. the worst movie ever made. Agreed. And Leonardo's good in it. You whether you like the movie or not, you can. I mean, I can't think of a really bad. I mean, Kate Winslet's great in everything. What's a bad Leonardo movie other than Romeo and Juliet? The Beach. The Beach wasn't even that bad. It's not bad. It wasn't awful. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. Like, I mean, he's, he's everything he does with Quentin's great. What's he in Gilbert Grape? He was good. He was great. And what's he in Gilbert Grape? You ever seen My Boy's Life or This Boy's Life? This Boy's Life, I have. Awesome, underrated movie with him and Robert De Niro. Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries. I, that one gets a bad rep, but I liked it. I hate the author of the book. Uh, John Carroll, I think his name Super is. Super self absorbed. Is he? Yeah. I don't and know. also, DiCaprio sucks at basketball. That, <laughs> and you know, you know how I feel about these things. It drives me crazy. Wasn't his teammate in the movie Nitro? Was that one of the guy's names? And Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, well, that's the one. That's the one who ends up going to. Uh, yeah, he ends up going to prison for. Yeah, yeah. This boy's life's good. Um, that's an underrated one. Man, the Iron Mask. Uh, okay, now that's, that that's that, that one I'll put there with Roman. That was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Now I haven't seen all of his newer ones. Uh, Shutter Island, I liked. Shutter Island was good. That's a good one. Revenant um, was good. What's that? Re- the Revenant. You know, weirdly, the only one he's ever won an Oscar for is the only one I haven't seen. It's good. I've never watched it. Um, yeah, Inception, great. Departed, good. Departed, great. I never spent time in Hollywood, great. Oh yeah, and he, like I said, anything done with Tarantino is good. Catch me if you can, great. Uh, very under. I love that movie. By great the way. Gatsby got a bad rap. Didn't think it was bad. Didn't. I never saw it, but I, I think I, I think it was better resume. DiCaprio or Tom Hanks? I mean, it's a it's a matter of preference. I, I would mean, go DiCaprio. I mean, Hanks does span comedy as well, which DiCaprio's never really put his finger into. Yeah. It's probably the only thing he hasn't done that with. Yeah. I mean, he did He did do Growing Pains, if that counts. He was a homeless boy in Growing Pains. I mean, maybe he found that funny. I didn't. <laughs> but, but possibly he did. But Tom Hanks has also done so many great comedies in the 80s. He's so underrated as a comedian actor. Yes. I'm a Tom Hanks fan, yes. I have a, pic, I have, I have a tattoo of Tom Hanks. 502. You, 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 have, now you have no tattoos like I do, right? You have a tattoo? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I've got no tattoos. It, is, are you the same reason me? Like, you just don't like... What's your reasoning for no tattoo? 
I don't know. I just I would have to have something that I felt like strongly enough to. I just have never really thought about. I mean, I just feel like I changed my mind on so many things that I would. Re- if I got a tattoo, it would be something like Louisville based, but I've never had just the urge to. I, I I swore years ago that I, if Louisville or the Eagles won a championship, I'd get tattooed the team logos. And you I still didn't never do it. Did. Even Patino did it, and I didn't do it. Like I was, and I was gonna get like the the old flying winged out Eagles logo from the '80s, and have like the year put on it in the Super Bowl year. I, maybe I should still do it. I mean, and if I did, I'm I'm going like back shoulder or something, right? I mean, I'm not going like visible arm. I feel like I would go like chest, like peck. The problem also is is that. I'd have to like do like a complete body shave to get a tattoo anywhere. Yeah, because my, my mom has a tattoo. Is this really like the nicest, like sweetest, like lady in the entire world? Yes, yeah, got a matching tattoo with my sister. Let's see. That's the other on t- her arm. This is another, my cousin who is a nerd amongst all nerds and is a school teacher. She has a tattoo as well, and it's one I've considered getting too because it's a family thing. Uh, our grandmother, my grandmother, her grandmother uh, was notorious for ending every conversation with I love you more. And my cousin and her sister both got my grandmother's signature of that saying on her ta- tattooed on them, which I thought was really touching. I like that. Yeah. By the way, apparently the stream dropped a little bit last segment. But oh, I mean, I I, hey, the stream, I can't help people. I'm sorry. The other one, I know what the problem was. I fixed it. I don't know why it became a hiccup, but it did. Uh, hopefully it's not currently a hiccup still. Uh, it is not. We're good. So, uh, Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Texture says, uh, quote, my word is stronger than Oak. We need Jerry Maguire. I guess this is in regard. But again, ink is, ink is stronger than his word. Ink is better than a handshake, right? Ink is better. Ink is better than ink on an arm is better than ink on a paper in this day and age. I would agree to that. Yeah. Uh, Texture says, oh, Texture's now bringing up the classic lines from Louisville football rap songs, which I could not love this more. <laughs> BCS bound, better open up your eyes, man. Got Bush and Braun both up for the highs, man. I like that. <laughs> Along with Greg Scruggs, all scary and nasty, you will get a Darius Ashley. <laughs> I, my favorite part of that, outside of the one that I threw out there earlier, was, remember Brandon Sharp, who we had in secondary? Uh-huh, yeah. He goes, my first name, Brandon, and I'm smooth and I'm sharp. Will Gay with the big play going for some yards. <laughs> and then he also name drops Art Carmody. I'm kicking uh, like kicking like now, Carmody. Now, these aren't the players rapping, right? No, no, no. This was okay. like B Sim, uh, Young Nit, like local rappers. They okay. did this. It was great. And they did a remake that wasn't quite as good the next year. It sounded better. Like we need the players. Now, to do the are rap, you ready? Though. No, these guys are great. This, like, like the, are you ready? Is the greatest local like rap the Liberty song of all Bowl time. was was the players? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was a it was a local group. Huh? They just got John L to be in the video. I always thought that was some players. No, we've never had players making their own rap. We songs. need the players to do their own rap. Go back to the '80s when it was cool. Like everybody who was above 500 and record anything professionally had a rap song. The Eagles, Eagles didn't make the playoffs at 10 and six and had a rap song for that season. Counterpoint: I do remember this is the early days of the sports internet. The UK football players who made the "We Believe" rap song. This is like the Keenan Burton era. <laughs> I don't remember that. All I, all I remember is the very first line was <laughs> "Tired of losing." I want to win. <laughs> it's just like the whole, the, the whole church. I mean, I want to win. And like it just, the whole beginning was just like them saying, we, we believe, believe over and over. And I think they went, you know, three and nine. Well, never thought, Tired of losing. Never thought Lazy Tuesday would sound like a Grammy winner. I think it was Wesley Woodard and Keenan Burton. I think it was those guys. It was not a good song. <laughs> I mean, okay. 
let me rephrase my comment then. I want players to do it, but let someone professionally write it. Because clearly the players don't need to be writing no. their own songs. We have enough local rappers that are great. Yeah, but I think the player would be... Tell me it wouldn't be cool if Pierce Clarkson, Ruben Owens, and who's the receiver? DeAndre Moore. DeAndre Moore, and who's the defensive back? Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams. I mean, that's the group right there. They out there. Ruben Owens rapping about getting 502. I mean, uh, Clarkson rapping about billboards. The, you got planes in there, cars. I become a little bit worried after hearing the Seventh Floor Crew song from back in the day. Oh, the Seventh Floor Crew song was so awesome, though. I mean, I, all- I, I drafted Greg Olson three years in a row based literally on his verse. What's your name? G-Reg? What you do? <laughs> How you do it? Pull down my pants and show them up there. Three Leg Greg. That was the name of my fantasy team. Might be the best opening three- line <laughs> to a verse in the history of rap. I've and- never looked at him the same way. And what's funny is if you really go back and listen, it wasn't even that bad. It was pretty bad. It was by comparison to some of the stuff you have out there. Well, yeah, but not like 18-year-old college football players saying it. I'm sorry, but that, didn't we have just recently a song? What was the song with the two girls about the uh, the, 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 the the moisture? God, you are <laughs> doing conservative radio here now. I mean, I'm just, no, I'm, We've I'm, got rappers talking about <laughs> WAP. My point conservative is, takes from a year no, and a half ago. Okay, first of all, my I'm not I'm not complaining about I'm, I have no problem with it. My point is is that you can't sit there and complain about one and not complain about the other. I think you can. These are grown women. These were like eighteen year old kids. <laughs> eighteen year old, they're big enough. It was no it was, pun intended. It was pretty graphic. I thought the song was funny. I, I mean, I, I did too. Trust <laughs> me, I'm not complaining, but I can see why. I tried to buy. I wouldn't want like a, a young kid listening to it. Now, what I don't want is to turn out to be a Luke Whitehead single. That's what we need to avoid. Luke Whitehead, wearing the red, Louisville Cardinal till the day I'm dead. I can't take Atkins because I love the bread. People didn't like your Helen Keller reference, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. That's, okay. You can do better than that. Texas says... I don't know many people that are blind. <laughs> Texas says... Uh, I can't read that. Texas says, Trevor, you like classic movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Bogart, Hitchcock. Uh, I mean, I've seen... Not, I don't, not uh, top of my list. Your wheelhouse is like 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s, and a little 60s, yeah. I do like some movies from the 60s, but not, yeah, mostly 70s and 80s. I'm a Hitchcock fan. And 90s. I don't dislike Hitchcock. I mean, I've seen, obviously, Psycho, Rear Window, I think is what it's called. Rear, North by Northwest is great. I haven't seen that one. Um, I've seen The Birds. Seen The Birds. The Birds is great, birds too. Birds is a good one, yeah. Freaked me out as a kid. So, I mean, I've, I've seen a few, but not the, uh, I wouldn't say I dislike them. I mean, they're not my favorites, but I, I mean, I still like them. What was the other? Uh, Rebecca. What was the other one he mentioned other than uh, Hitchcock? Who did you mention with that? Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. I don't know if I've seen. Casablanca? I've never seen Casablanca. I know <gasps> it, but I've never watched it. You need to watch it. You, I, I genuinely think you would like it. I guess I can't think of really a Humphrey Bogart movie I've ever seen. Now, could I, do, have I, do I know of them? Of course. I mean, anybody that's an amateur fan of movies knows who Humphrey Bogart is. Texture says, uh, Cal hates Matt Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly evidence is piling up. Mark Stoops loves Matt Jones. Shout out. <laughs> Texture says y'all are good five minutes into this UK and house cat fight discussion, and the card stalker hasn't chimed in yet. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's just coming. wait. It's yeah. coming in. Okay, it's coming in. I don't know. He's he's gonna have a hard time topping the five hundred two joke. That was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah, he's he over should, texting me. He should have Costanza. He should have gone out on a high. Yeah, right. I don't know what he's gonna say. <laughs> I'm on TK's side regarding the Calipari daughters. They're all tough talk on social media, but when they get called out by fans, they immediately go into victim mode and cry about how tough their lives are. That doesn't surprise me. 
I don't think it's Megan that bothers me. I think it's Aaron the only one that annoys me, though. Well, Megan's the one who follows me, so I'll, I'll, I'll defend her. I think she's, yeah, I, I get them mixed up, but they're, yeah, only one really annoys me. The other one I have no problem with. Texas, I'm pretty sure it's Aaron the one that annoys oh, here's me. Here's TJ. Laugh out loud. This was regarding the missed shot clock. Absolutely inexcusable how many titles John Higgins has cost UK. Oh, the Wisconsin. <laughs> that was a terrible call. Yeah, it was. I remember watching that live and I was like, oh, was, was, that- H- wait, was Higgins the same one that did that call as well? Did the, he was, he, he was, was the on- roofer. Well, I know, I know, and he, I know the North Carolina game. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. I know all about that. I mean, but I think my greatest, I didn't realize he was the Wisconsin game too. I never even put two and two I together. I did either, to be honest with you. I just remember watching that live and being like, oh, that was way late. And I was like, if I'm on the other side, I'm losing my mind. I remember thinking the same thing and thinking just still happy, though, that they got away with it. I think my greatest accomplishment in radio, one of the the best things that I've done, which the the list is very small. The year after the whole North Carolina game and him suing KSR and the back and forth and all that, (laughs) I was on the radio and I was like, like, all right, we're going to have a little bit of fun. It was like the week of the UofL UK game. I think it was like two days before the game. And... I was like, what I'm about to say is 100% not true. I'm making this up, but let's see what happens when I put it out there. And I'm like, I have heard from a source that one of the officials designated for tomorrow's or Thursday's Louisville versus Kentucky game is none other than John Higgins. And sure enough, within like 30 seconds, it's like the Cats Illustrated or whatever the, 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 the board is. It's Cats like, pause. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're like, Rutherford says, John Higgins is calling the game. Can't believe it. Can't. I'm like, here we go. Everybody. And it was just, you know. Low, once again, low-hanging fruit, yeah, but sometimes, yeah. made it fun. And that was the year we won. <laughs> the, year we, the only year we beat a good Calipari team, 2017. Oh, we haven't lost to him in like 348 years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Pre-pandemic, for God's sake. I mean, I think Bogart was still doing movies. Texas <laughs> says, uh, everyone, <laughs> just admit it, TK, Aaron told you RB sucks. <laughs> she, she, she stood me up on a date. I was supposed to go out with her back in 2005. What's the backstory here? She ba- she, 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 no, she, she ghosted me, left me sitting there twirling my thumbs in an Applebee's. Texas, I can't every, believe that still. Everyone found out that was good on K-State except for one ball handler. That's true. I always joke about a box and one, but they should have done it. Cal decided to go man and got beat by the one guy on an ISO, ISO top of the key screen. I laughed. That was the other worst part of it. They had like guys hurt. Everybody fouled yeah, out. I they mean, still like There was no excuse for him to lose that game. It was like the basketball equivalent of Tennessee losing to Purdue in football ball, in the bowl game this year. Or Purdue was down to like their third string quarterback. They had a they had a water boy out there playing wide receiver. And yet they're still outscoring Tennessee. Texas, another one, another U of O uh, football specific rap song. Click clack. Here comes the red and black. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to chant when in baseball games? The sad thing when was we score a run. Oh, that remember we were talking about doing the click clack. It's cloppity. Cloppy. Oh, clop, 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 I, I want to go click. We should chant that when we score runs click, now. Clack. Red comes the red and black. But we also kind of did that on the heels of that. It was that Under Armour commercial that was so popular, the click, click. There was a whole marketing hey, campaign. You remember it. Once okay. again, this is the period, time period where you don't remember anything. <laughs> There's things I remember that just kind of blend together. This was the crack door period. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah. why would I want to remember that? Texas, it's not a comedy, but Wolf of Wall Street is absolutely hilarious. It, it is. certainly has funny moments. It is, I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be a comedy, but it is damn hilarious. Wolf of Wall Street also is that classic movie that like your your most annoying d-bag friend loves for all the wrong reasons <laughs> it's like he's so cool it's like that's not really the point here no it's not the point is he's he is a d-bag yeah like they're like and it, you just you're laughing at him because he is there's boobs and he's awesome i'm like well that's not you're, you're kind of missing i mean the original wall street like 
not a good guy. Like the whole, the whole point is missed by so many people who have that poster on their college dorm room wall. Greed is good, right? It's like, which is not the point of the movie. This the is, point is he's he a says. bad guy. Yeah. He goes to he die one dies and goes the other goes to prison. That's the, that, shouldn't you have taken that from it? It's like playing uh, <laughs> Fortunate Son at a campaign rally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My other favorite is the conservatives who embrace the Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah. It's, a, it's about, about... Born in the USA, too. Yeah. Another one. It's like, the words are not... Once again, it's like dancing to like your mother's dance at your wedding to Afternoon Delight. <laughs> that would, wait a minute. Hold on. That was way too specific to not have be something you've, been, you've seen. Uh, no. It's, okay. It's from, a t- it's from a TV show. Oh, okay. Or, I can't remember what it is. Okay. But yeah. Because um, that that sounded way too, that was a great pool and too way too specific to not be like you were at a wedding and that happened. Texture says, uh, "Love the guy, but Damian Lee's music was uh, embarrassing." Damian Lee did he have a rap song? He did. It was not good. Okay, man. Trey Lewis also did some music. <laughs> also not good. Damian Lee, I, I forgot that. Was it that time to kill when we didn't go to the tournament? I mean, we didn't go to the tournament, and then like neither one of them, I think, got like. Remember, Damian Lee kind of had a year. I mean, he was doing radio shows with me. He was coasting with me on yeah, ninety three nine. Needing a draft, and he, he, and he got hurt when yeah. he when he finally did get a shot. Like on a like, I think he was playing for like the main what are they like the Red Claws the. Their G yeah. League team. Yeah. He played a couple of games and got hurt. And I remember he thought his career was over. Like he was looking at other things to do and he started doing music. And I love the guy. One of my favorite cards of all time. One of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. The music was not good. <laughs> I can say that effectively. It was he, he wisely chose to go back to basketball, is what you're saying. It was a marrying a Curry and getting back into basketball. Two extremely wise moves on Damien's part. I mean, has there ever been a good athlete turned rapper? I mean, my my sample size is. Yeah, fast and loose when you use the word Nelly athlete. got Nelly got drafted in baseball out of high school. I mean, I guess okay. I mean, maybe. But like somebody who was like a pro athlete. Well, no, who is it? Um, I mean, because Dion was awful. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess some people like Lillard. I've never really listened to him rap, so I couldn't really honestly tell you. But I can't imagine it being that great. I'm sure it's probably just kind of a the same as your average template rap. You know, my car's got a push start. I, Drink expensive alcohol, have lots of women, you know, blah blah blah. Say my name. Who is it? The the is a rapper Dave East who played college basketball at like a decent school, like George Washington or something like that. And he's mm. he left after his freshman year to, to follow his rap career, and he's pretty successful. That's the only thing I can think of. Like somebody who was like in a, like not coming out of high school, like just played, no. but somebody who actually was like good enough to be a college D one athlete. I told you about like one of the kids that one of my favorite kids I ever coached at St. Matthews that was really good at playing in Ohio, Stephen Coleman. Okay. He yeah, and he went to Ohio. He was freshman of the year in the MAC. He played male. Uh, no, he ended up transferring down to Florida. His uh, okay, like mom. right before his high school career, he and his mom took him down to Florida. So he came actually played high school ball Florida, but he was a little league here in Louisville, and uh, was awesome at St. Matthews. And he ended up being MAC player of the year, MAC freshman of the year at Ohio. And then the next year he got hurt, and they brought in that kid from Indiana who ended up taking over for him basically. And long story short, he never really returned to Ohio, and he became a rapper. Not a bad life. I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not that great. I haven't heard him on the Texture says, radio. can we please abolish the U of L, U of L, U of L chant at b-ball games? I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind that one. I don't know if I've even heard it. Yeah, you know, there's a whole, we had a whole show one time about how, like, you know, we only have one cheer. It's the C. C-A-R-D-S. C-A-R-D-S. And somebody was like, okay, why don't you come up with a new cheer? And off the top of my head, I was like, I like red. You like red. We like red. Go cards. 
I think it needs to become a thing. <laughs> Were you watching Barney at the time? <laughs> like maybe you guys should come up with one. I like red. You like red. We like red. Go cards. <laughs> what about white and black? Well, red first. <laughs> I remember going to the 08 game uh, in Charlotte when we played North Carolina, and like we kept doing the CARDS cheer, and like all these North Carolina fans were like, "Get another cheer!" And I never thought about it before. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we don't really have anywhere else to go." I mean, do, you ha- do you need multiple cheers? Though? Not really. I mean, yeah. What else do you guys like? Tar heels. Oh, cool. that's original. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all you guys do. Shut I mean, up. yeah. Do you really need multiple cheers anyway? I mean, isn't the you should only have one cheer? I like red. <laughs> I like red. Yeah, I think it needs to be a thing. And then you would say, you like red. You like red. And then we'd say, we like red all together. We and like then everybody red. together, go cards. Go cards. Breaks that brings the house down. You like red. You want to know how we're getting recruits? <laughs> Boom. I'll let them know that. Texas said, Coach K had five players drafted, four in the first round, yet still managed to lose twice to a North Carolina squad with zero players drafted. Well, most of those guys would come back to North Carolina for what it's worth. But they're also not going to get drafted next year. Um, I think Davis or Love might, but yeah. But most. not in the first round. No. Well, again, maybe late, but they're not, yeah. It's a good rivalry text yeah, right there. You're right. Five Duke players drafted in the first round off a team that kind of underachieved for most of the year and then got beat by Carolina in its regular season finale. Six total, I guess, because Kills went in the second round, I believe. But he said five in the first round. I know. I'm saying six total in the draft. Gotcha. Round, yeah. yeah, that's Coach K, overrated. Bad last year. I know after uh, Ranchero got picked that they already had Coach K on the Zoom call. I'm like, is Coach K on the hot seat? I mean, it's just <laughs> I was like, maybe the thankful this is the last year I'll get Coach K interviews during draft at least. Well, Paulo, oh, I had him on mute. <laughs> I didn't even listen. I was I just saw him on the TV. One of the odds he'd already forgotten one of those kids' names. He's like, <laughs> I've had so many over the years. <laughs> Paulo. Well, were you a fan of uh, Pablo's? Uh, I forgot Mark was even on the team. <laughs> Trevor Kills didn't go out last year. Did you see, by the way, that did you like his suit? Whose suit? Pablo's suit. Paulo? Whatever. It was fine. I mean, I was more of a fan of Chet Holmgren's suit. I didn't see, I missed Chet Holmgren's suit. Uh, he, was the, he was the suit of the night. Well, but what was on Pablo? What was on his? Like, did he have like diamond like, figurines on it? What was. What, what, what? Who cares? He's rich. Oh. He's good to go. <laughs> did you see Coach K is not going to go to any games next year? Cameron Indoor. Uh, it's because he hates John Shire. I'm telling the rift is real. If you don't, if you don't know that, then you just don't know anything. I mean, Roy went to every single game last year. He followed the damn team throughout the tournament. Leads them almost to a national title in Hubert's first year. Hubert knows he's got the full support of Roy Williams behind him. Shire's got no support. What they don't want you to know in Durham is that uh, you know deep Durham is that that he was actually pushed out. He didn't want to retire. I think Coach K says he's not going to attend any games next year at Cameron Indoor because he knows he's going to be coaching them. Ooh, it's coming back December. Interesting. Shire drops a couple early season games. Boom. Coach K takes the reins in December 15th. I mean, why wasn't Shire doing the interviews for the draft case last night? He is technically their. Well, he, what, he I mean, he's the coach at Duke, right? He has no idea what he's doing over in over his head. We'll go to break. Uh, when we come back. Oh, I just realized it's Friday. It is Friday. That means the new boys episode came out. Today. Okay, there you go. Uh, we'll. we'll <laughs> Discuss that as well. That's <laughs> my head. I'm sorry. We've got your DJ Wagner update of the day. We'll talk a little hoops coming up, uh, and we'll take more of your text on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, and hour number three is up next right here on 1450 The Big X.
welcome into the third hour of the Friday installment of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Talking some draft, talking some fall of John Calipari in UK, talking a little Ruben Owens getting tatted up, dropped the stream a couple times, had some dead air. It's okay. It's Friday. What are you going to do? Hope your weekend. Nation tried to pull the plug on us, but we wouldn't let them. We wouldn't let them. We're not letting it happen. We've talked to UFL football rap songs. We've been all over the place. It's been wonderful. The one thing that we haven't talked about, you know what it is, folks. The T.J. Wagner update of the day. Uh-oh, here it comes. Hit it. T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner. We're really good. We're really good. Will he be going to Kentucky or Louisville? T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner. His dad plays for Cal at Memphis. T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner, T.J. Wagner. Grandfather. Is on the staff at UFL Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. I got another love. <laughs> we just we haven't even got out of Winterfell yet. <laughs> Eventually, we're gonna get the whole song down. It's good to like, half of the segment just gonna well, be us doing the DJ Wagner song. The theme is only two minutes, so we need a two minute song. We can do that. Wagner, DJ Wagner. <laughs> we have a new intel. We have a new report on DJ Wagner. From the fine folks over there at on3.com. Jamie Shaw puts this out there. It's behind a paywall. You can't see it. But I'm going to let you know what he says. Oh, now don't do that. Well, the nuts and bolts of what he's saying. Okay, that works for me. So when when Louisville hired Milt Wagner, yes. you had a slew of national people saying, well, clearly Louisville's now the favorite for, for this kid. You had a bunch of people making crystal ball predictions on scout rivals, whatever networks I mean, are doing I this. I think that began when we hired Kenny Payne. Yeah, well, but no, but it became a real thing, a bigger well, thing. Yeah when the Milt Wagner hire was made official, maybe just because it was getting national attention, but those predictions from national recruiting folks started coming in. But there was pushback on the UK side uh, amongst some people. There were reporters. There were some national folks saying, behind the scenes, Calipari still feels very confident that he's going to get DJ Wagner. Doesn't think this changes things. And then, of course, we had the you know Matt Jones throwing out there, there's a world <laughs> where Dewan Wagner's on the UK coaching you got to do it in the voice, man. There is a world. In a world. In a world. <laughs> Where T.J. Wagner coaches in big blue. We now have a report from another national writer today saying, not only does it seem like Louisville is going to be where Wagner winds up, he says a commitment could be in the very near future. Oh, this is the second person man. in the last couple of weeks who have said a commitment is, quote, imminent. Hmm. Imminent? Is that, does that fall like under like within like a week? Who knows? Day. It's a. It's like the Mike Shashevsky. What's the What's the range of time imminent covers? Could be anything. It's like the indefinite suspension that Coach K always like throwing out there. Wow, could be one game. Could, almost always is. Could be ten but years. But it could be the rest of the season. You don't know. Yeah, it's true. But it's usually one game. <laughs> Something <if> that. <laughs> Hopefully, we get imminent means before I don't know, before the school year gets fired up, before we get into him going back to Camden High School or Collegiate, wherever he's going to go, North Oldham, <laughs> play for David Levitch. Walden. I would like to see, if he's going to be a Cardinal, I'd like to see the commitment made before he gets into his senior season of high school basketball. Could you imagine if he took Walden or Collegiate like, to a state, to the Sweet 16? It'd be beautiful. I mean, you, It'd be like O.J. Mayo at Rose Hill. I mean, Although more than that, no yeah, O.J. Mayo at Billy Walker. Yeah, he had another Division One player on his team, NBA player at that. Billy Walker played in the NBA for a few little mm-hmm. bit. My yeah. I had a friend who was his agent. Yeah, not not even yeah. Those are I mean you're, you're talking about apples and oranges. I mean he takes 
I mean, Walden is like. But he would have somebody come with him. I mean, in, that, in this hypothetical, he, you take Walden to the Sweet Thing. That's the equivalent of the Wolf and Teen Wolf taking those, that fat kid and the other nerds to to beating the good team. I don't think Walden feels a team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with like St. Francis. Go Wyverns. I can't talk about St. Francis. I had a friend who coached the girls' team. There you go. <laughs> um, so there's that. I'm feeling good about DJ Wagner. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. I'm no, I didn't feel I mean I shouldn't say better because I never really felt sad, but I mean you just made me very jolly hearing that news. It helps that it comes after the theme song too. It does. This is the I, I, the DJ Wagner update I I love. I, I mean it, it needs this only sad thing that I would hate the only thing that I would hate about him committing so soon is we'd have to stop doing the updates. There'd just be <laughs> Unless we would just do like highlights of his game every single day, which we can absolutely do. Well, we could, yeah. I mean, we could be DJ Wagner, DJ DJ Wagner. Wagner, He just scored 23 on Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But there's your DJ Wagner up there. First half, probably. (laughs) This is, if it does wind up coming to fruition, if this does wind up happening, and maybe hopefully this isn't just national people getting clicks in June, if it does wind up happening, it will make whatever happens, whatever fears we have about this current roster and what may happen this first season. I'm not going to say null and void. But if you put it behind a paywall, you're not just going for cheap clicks, right? No, but you're going for clicks. You're going for subscriptions. Yeah, but usually if you're going to do that, you don't. You, okay, Trevor, neither here nor there. Okay. Like, like, I, the point was if he's just trying to get, do this to get money, get attention, then that sucks. But if this is, if this is real, if this is, and there, we now have two people saying this nationally, that DJ Wagner probably going to commit relatively soon and it's probably going to be Louisville. Yeah. This is what you needed to kick off the Kenny Payne era. I liken it to Charlie Strong. Coming out, it was great that he had success in his first year on the field. Overachieved. Team that was picked to finish last in the Big East goes to a bowl game. That was awesome. Seven six. We needed to know that even greater things were coming, and he showed us that by getting a commitment from first to Marcus Smith, which was a big deal at the time, and then mm-hmm. a bigger deal when he got, went out and got Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. When we signed— I forget that. That wasn't just Teddy. That was a nice class in Right, general. but Teddy was the one that you yeah, said. Eli okay, Rogers. Here we go. Had, yeah. When we got Kenny Payne, a lot of people just assumed he was going to get D.J. Wagner. I don't think it was nearly that simple. But there were a lot of people who, if he went somewhere else, especially to Kentucky, were going to be like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I mean, We're hiring a guy at a, one of the top seven programs in the history of the sport who's never coached a game. The promise was he knows what he's doing, and he's going to get the most elite of, of the elite every single year in recruiting. And if we had swung and missed right off the bat, I wouldn't have jumped off the boat entirely, but it would have been a tough look, especially if he wasn't going to get like another – top 10-ish kid, if, if, if that was going to be the case. But this is making me feel better. It's making me feel better about the season ahead because even if it goes poorly or just average or just whatever, we can look at this and say, hey, the better days are coming. The promises that were inherent when we signed Kenny Payne to his contract, they're being fulfilled. We just need to wait a little bit. And we can do that. We've waited a long time. We've been in purgatory for what feels like 15 years. We can wait one season. And then we'll get DJ Wagner. We'll get some other guys. And we're good to go. And boom, Cardinal basketball's back. Is T.J. Wagner the biggest recruit we've Louisville has received? He will have been. He if this, if this does happen, he'll be the highest-rated recruit, whether he winds up being one, two, or three in this class. 
that's ever signed with Louisville in the recruiting rankings era. So We've just, been down that list before. I don't want to do it again. I know because Smart was Smarto was the highest, right? Smarto, I believe was he was like the, fifth or sixth in the class, I think. And he was USA Today National Player of the Year. He, but he, he's he, when we when he committed to Louisville, he was like number two. Okay, and then he slipped by the end of his year. I think he was like eight and one of he them. He was still in top ten, though. I know he was. Oh yeah, he was. But he's the only top ten we've received. Of course, and now I know people are like, oh, no, Grip was a big recruit. McCray was a McDonald's All American, right? But and, you know, and, and and we're talking ratings. Era. Unfortunately, we can, the ratings era only goes back to two thousand. So, so the, actually, the highest rated recruit to ever sign the ratings area coincides with the internet era. No, not. Not, I don't think that's a coincidence. Well, no, that's that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think if you did, like, if they had rings back then, it sounds like Griff would have been the number one player in, in the country because he was national player of the year. He'd have been today. top five. I mean, yeah, based on like the because when I was writing the the book, like based on the newspaper articles, I had to go unearth it all was like every single one, whether it was Louisville or a national publication, was referring to him as the best high school player in America. Okay, so I think he probably would have been would have been number one. Samardo, you're right, number one. He was the he was number four according to the twenty four seven rankings. Uh, Sebastian Telfair's two at six, and then number yeah, three is yeah. number three is where you start to just cringe because it's, it's really you didn't start cringing at Sebastian. Well, number three is Brian Bowen. Oh god, yeah. I mean, can we even claim him? We're talking signees, players who signed with us. Because number and then the number four is actually Samuel Williamson. Number five is Amir Johnson. I, mean, I just thought I wasn't going to do this. It's so bad. New days are coming. It is kind of interesting. Like we've been it's making, a new day. Yes, it we've is. been making such a big deal out of the fact Keith uh, has thrown that stat out there that if we get all the players that seem to be trending towards Louisville football this season, five of the ten highest rated recruits in the history of UofL football are going to be in this one class. It's going to be kind of the same thing on the basketball side. Like, like you can see, like Kenny Payne's first class. If we get if we were to get the Bradshaw kid, and I know that UK fans think he's going to go there, but there are a couple of other top 15 prospects in that class that weren't, it would not be, it's not outside the realm of possibility that like three of the top seven players in the history of Louisville basketball, at least in the rankings era, are going to come from Kenny Payne's first real recruiting class. And then 2024, he's in good shape with Jamari Phillips. He's in, in good shape with Carter Knox. You, you feel like he's going to make another big splash there. Like this could. The impact, at least, again, in the, the ratings era, because, you know, Louisville basketball was doing things in the 80s uh, and the 90s that Louisville football was not doing. But in oh, the yeah. ratings era, you're still going to see, I think, that when we look back at this list in 5, 10, 15 years, I, it's going to be dominated, I think, by Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne signees. Yeah. Because, you know, again, the list is not all that impressive. For a program that's done what Louisville's done since the ratings era, you'd think there'd be, you'd think those names <laughs> that we listed would not be the top five. You'd think that VJ I mean, King wouldn't also be in the top ten. I mean, they, they were high recruits, though. I mean, whether you were just too high to put them that high is, is another story. But I mean, they were. But isn't it, it's weird to me? And that, it's not like I mean, and, and how often in your top ten recruiting class every year, you're probably gonna get what half of them are gonna be fall short of expectations. It, it's still strange though that we're talking about. I mean, this is since 2000, so this is the Patino era where Louisville. While Rick Pitino was here, you, know, you say what you want about the way it ended. Louisville was one of the five best programs in college basketball during his run here. There's, you can't win-wise, Final Fours, titles, all that stuff. Like Louisville was right near the top. We had two top ten recruits during that time. Only two. And one of them never made it to campus, and the other was kind of a bust that played two years here. We had, we had two top 15 recruits. Brian Bowen's the third highest recruit. He was it. number 19 in his class. He said one's been two years here and was, and was under Cheatham. Like, I wanted to be like, character or Samuel? Which one? 
Well, <laughs> character was uh, he's he's in the top ten as well. I know he he's was. the ninth highest rated recruit to ever sign with Louisville. That's why when you said it, I was like, I wonder which one he's talking about. <laughs> it, it still it will never cease to amaze me that the irony of all ironies is always going to be Rick Pitino's legacy at Louisville, at least nationally, is always going to be. Well, he was cheating to get the best players. That's why they had that much success. When the reality was, the biggest complaint that Louisville fans had about Patino during his time here was he didn't recruit well enough. And the ratings bear that out. Like we didn't have these crazy classes. We didn't. We had two top fifteen players. He tried when he first got here. He tried, and then he started. Well, like he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't realize how much the recruiting had changed. But in just the three years he was gone, because when he left, you weren't you weren't going right to high. You were eligible in the Kentucky days to go from high school to pro, but. You, you didn't. It wasn't as mass exodus like it was when he got back to Louisville. He also, and this uh, is he, a this is a self rivalry own. He also thought he could do at Kentucky. What he he thought he could do at Louisville. What he did at Kentucky. Well, and, and it, we had not been relevant for far too long. Well, no, again, but the problem is, is he also didn't expect. I mean, if he got if Antoine Walker was three years older, he would have never been at playing college basketball. He'd gone straight to pros. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, a lot of those guys. But he, he had seven years before the one and done rule came into effect here. Yeah, and then he was on the one and done rule. Well, yeah. So yeah, I think I think he had to adjust his recruiting style because of that when he. Oh, because the, the one and done rule wasn't he, in effect. Yeah, it wasn't I see what you're saying. Yeah, he had to he had to realize you know I can can't go after the telfairs right, James right. Lang and and the telfair thing and these was other, a huge mistake and and other guys too. I mean, we lost like five centers. It felt like in that first three years he was here. Of guys that went to decided to say I'm going to go to the NBA instead. Amir Johnson, Jeremy Tyler, Dante, yeah. Dante Smith. I interviewed Jeremy Tyler on the radio. Went to Japan. Yeah, he was like he was on a plane heading to Japan when I interviewed him. Didn't he was work, like in the airport. Didn't work out well for him. Uh, Texter says, "By the way, it just amazes me. I mean, but because wasn't Griff in the '77 class coming out? He would have been in the '76 or '77." He would have been in the seventy six class. Okay, okay, okay. So his freshman Never year would have been okay. seventy six, seventy seven. Because I was looking, I was just looking at McDonald's All American classes, and the first year they did was seventy seven. Yeah. So he just missed it because I was like, wait a second, I don't see why. How did he not make this team? Yeah, I went back and looked at the because it was the front page of the Courier Journal the day he committed. He held the press conference to commit to Louisville, and I went back and actually got the the paper when I was writing the book. And it's crazy because he does. You know, the famous thing is that he's he guaranteed he was going to bring a national championship to Louisville during that press conference. And if you actually read his comments, like he's way more cocky than even like that guarantee is. Like he's like he's like we're gonna win a bunch of championships. We're gonna do everything. He's like he's like I guarantee we're gonna win championships. Uh, and it's awesome. Like the whole press conference is great. I want to go back. I wonder who else was in that recruiting class that year. I'm sure. I mean, just names that I may recognize that you maybe didn't notice as much because I'm a geek who knows. Like I'm looking through. I had no idea Vince Taylor was on the second ever McDonald's All American team. Former U of strength coach. And went to Kentucky. I coached this kid. Uh, Texture says, 502-414-1450, the Thornton sex line. Texture says, in addition to what you're talking about, Travis Branham of 24-7 increased his crystal ball confidence on DJ Wagner. He's now a 7 out of 10. That's his confidence level. The DJ's going to Louisville. Awesome. Yeah. Only a 7, though? 7. I mean, I prefer a 9. Why not 9.5? I don't, talk to Travis. I don't, I don't know. I don't have his number. Can you forward it to me? I don't know. You don't think I won't call him? Texas, can we call this a bridge year? Well, no. With basketball? Yeah. The last time we called a year a bridge year, it ended up being a pretty damn good bridge. It was probably Patino's best coaching job ever. Oh, I think it was. I mean, it's hard hard to argue against it. That team had, everybody likes to make fun of them for losing that, that tournament game, but team had no business probably being a four seed in general. Oh, they, they did. They probably should have been eight, nine, or ten. I mean, Preston Knowles was a two-star recruit coming out of Winchester that we offered a scholarship yeah. like in late June because we had one available, and he wound up being a 
first team all Big East players. I mean, the fact next it was the next year we were the eight seed, right? Lost to Cal. Was it? Yeah, that was the associate. That was more what the, the team before should have probably been. And that team also should have been better, you know. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't know if I'd call it. I, mean, I guess you'd call it a bridge year, and but I don't know. I, I feel like this is more of a. It's kind of more of an experimental year just to see what kind of Kenny Payne, kind of Coach Kenny Payne is. I think there's that, too. I, I think when you – and, again, we have to see how the roster shakes out. But if this team comes out with a lot of the same players that were on one of the worst Louisville basketball teams of all time and overachieves to a point where they're in the NCAA tournament and they look competitive against just about everybody, I think then you're like, okay, imagine what this dude's going to do with guys that are future NBA superstars, right? And even if they're just kind of whatever this year, if they're an average team – they have a down year. They miss the NCAA tournament, but they're competitive, and it seems like they're like like we're well coached. We run effective offense. We play a defensive style that seems to work. We get the most out of the talent that we have. I think people will find reasons to be optimistic. If we look disorganized, if it looks like we kind of did last year, where we aren't really sure what we're doing on offense and we're not really sure who to look to on the bench, then I think you get a little bit concerned. I, I think you have to expect that there's going to be at least a few hiccups because this guy's he's never coached a game before. And it yeah. helps to have Danny Manning, who has done it on the bench. It helps to have Nolan Smith, who's seen it done at the highest level well, at Duke. I mean, he's Nolan but, Smith is in the same boat as Kenny. I mean, he's but able to... but he was you know he's been very close to the Duke program for a long time. He's yeah. well regarded in the basketball world. I don't know Josh Jamison. You know, he's he's been around. <laughs> Not really. He's been in he's been he's been in Oregon the last twenty years. He's been on the West Coast. He's seen some yeah. stuff. <laughs> he can lean on those guys to a certain extent. But anybody's going to tell you it's different when you're the guy. When you have to be calling the shots, you're going to make some mistakes. And any guy who's coached at any level, I mean, Trevor, you coached St. Matthews. You, you, <laughs> when you had the whistle for the first time, I'm sure you made some mistakes. I'm sure you looked back at games after. Very few. Little Timmy should have played a couple more minutes over little Johnny, and you would have not made that mistake had you had a few years Boy, more of experience. I could give you some good stories from St. Matthews coach. I'm sure you could. <laughs> it, you have to expect there to be a grace period to a certain extent. But if it's if it's a year-long grace period, then you get a little bit worried. But I'm ex- I am excited. I'm like you. I am excited to see just how much this guy can do. How confident we should feel about his coaching ability moving forward. I mean, I'm more excited to watch Kenny Payne coach in his anticipation, and I am almost to see what this team looks like. I probably am too. I mean, because I just if, Kenny, if I feel Kenny Payne is not the quality coach, and, and, and listen, I'm not going to sit there after two games and be like he did made this mistake, this mistake. He's awful. So I'm out. I mean, there's. You've got a grace period. There's going to be some ups and downs, some ebbs and flows, some high tides, low tides. Texas Amon Shumpert went from the NBA to rapping full-time. I did not know that. I know he was on Dancing with the Stars. He won Dancing with the Stars. Isn't he the guy in prison? No. Who is the Georgia Tech guard that went is in prison for, like, doing the drive-bys? What? The, it was a, I think it was a member of that Georgia Tech team, like, with, it was Amon Shumpert. Like, he ended up going to jail. He, like, he ended up, like, he tried, like, he did, like. Was it Ishmael Muhammad? No, I don't think so. Maybe Georgia Tech basketball player is it Pastner? <laughs> Jail. Javaris Crittenden. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ooh, convicted murder. Yeah, I told you. Javaris Crittenden killed somebody. Yes, he played in the NBA. Yeah, he's a former first round pick on August 26, twenty six. Once again, one day before my birthday. <laughs> Terrible no, things not a coincidence. Crittenden was charged with the murder of Julian Jones, a twenty two year old mother of four. Yeah. After pleading guilty to manslaughter in 2015, he was it's weird with my, my brain members sometimes. 23 years in prison. So he's still in prison. Ooh, and drug charges. Oh, yeah, we got to throw that in there. I had no idea. Well, you, you killed a person. You really need to add in a, a possession of marijuana. Well. I mean, I mean I'm just saying. <laughs> Good Lord. He, yeah. He got arrested while out on bond of his murder charges. That's bold. 
But at Georgia Tech guard, I knew there was a Georgia Tech guard that was in trouble. This guy got Plus, out. Plus, of- he was on that. I think he was on that Washington team during the uh, the Gilbert Arenas issues of the when they were bringing. Did you just call him Arenas. 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 What was it? Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, when he was bringing in, uh, they were playing cards and and firing off weapons in the locker room. He was only on one Wizards team. It was 0809. So that I think the timeline's right. I think I was running the same. I think that might have been who he was in, got in a fight with in the locker room. So while he was out on bond for murder. He started selling cocaine and weed and got caught. This guy. Yeah. He was a, he was a one and done at, at Georgia Tech, if I remember right, well, too. Probably one and done in the real world. Yeah, he was he went in the NBA long. I remember when the Wizards drafted uh Wall, I was still badly wanted him to do with the go with the campaign of of run and gun. But like, apparently that was too touchy for them. Texas, please maintain the DJ Wagner theme song. It puts the biggest smile on my face. Oh, no worries. Oh, it's yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, it, we're it, not changing Even it. after we sign him, we, anytime we have an update in the game, we might even play it. DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, dropped 18 on Stetson. Texas, can we get rid of that boring-ass song by the homies that we do every quarter at the basketball game? The song sucks and no one knows the words. I literally pay no attention to this stuff, apparently. Well, that, you have to be at games, I think, to really realize. It's been a while since I've gone to a game, yeah. I didn't realize that we did a, the, I like the homies a lot. I didn't realize that we did one of their songs at basketball games. Isn't that the toys you used to buy in the machine? No. Oh. They're a uh, rap group, locally. They're Jack Harlow's boys. Private Guard. Shouts to my guy, two for one. Are they, are they Private Guard or are they the homies? Private Guard's the collective. The homies is the name of their group. Texas, do they still do the red, black, red, black, and white cheer? I have no idea I've what that never is. never heard it. We tried we we tried to do a few more cheers in recent years. They just didn't do. I mean, Sean got say. the first down card thing over. Yeah, he did. Still, I mean, it's still working. Yeah. Texas says off topic, but kind of cool. And then it's a link to a tweet. What is this? <laughs> I love it when it's in the stuff. Oh, it's up. a it's a video of the 1969 ABA All Star Game at the Louisville Convention Center. That's the what I tweeted. The from Flagstaff film. Yeah, I tweeted that two days ago. Well, the text lines just catch up. <laughs> I tweeted that after. It's a Ked Pro commercial. It's a commercial from the little Wall Star game ABA in '69, but it's a it's a it's a commercial for Ked Pro the, t- the tennis shoes. Oh, I tweeted that like three days ago. Well, I only tweet once a week. You come on, people! For once, you're ahead of the game. Seriously. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, <laughs> uh, we got abs tonight. We have to talk about the it game five. It was a five. cool video, though, by the way. Avalanche trying to wrap up the Stanley Cup. I'm excited about that. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll take more of your text at 502-414-1450. Uh, a couple other quick football recruiting notes to get to as well. We'll make that happen in the last segment. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Back in final segment here of the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM 961 FM, the big X. Reminding you guys once again, need sunglasses this summer. We're getting right into the I know we said the meteorologist summer started in June 1st. 
Now it's officially summer, according to whatever the actual calendar is. Trevor slides his Shady Rays on in the production booth. No, this isn't Tom Cruise. He loves them. He looks great in them. They're keeping him cool, hip, and his eyes safe all summer long. They can do the same for you. Go to ShadyRays.com. Pick out whatever style you like. They've got a ton of them. Very affordable, and making them even more affordable is the fact that you can save 25% off your purchases from Shady Rays when you use our promo code BIGX, all one word, at checkout. And if something happens to those sunglasses in the first 30 days, they're going to hook you up with a replacement pair. It's the Shady Rays promise, ShadyRays.com. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Satterfield only wears Shady Rays when he goes on recruiting trips. The secret to his success. <laughs> hey, that's another that's a Michael J. Fox movie. Actually. Shady Sat. So they call it. Some people call it that. Well, I mean, Satterfield, Satterfield, Sadie Rays. Oh my god! <laughs> What's on the Trevor Kelsey docket for this weekend? Besides just you know movies and Trevor stuff. Oh, it's gonna be a good weekend this weekend. Well, first of all, we we got bats tomorrow night against uh, the I Cubs. Uh, with I'll be also having a I'll be t- doing a new trainee on on the board tomorrow on the weekend. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, they're supposed to come in Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If they return on Sunday, that's always a plus. Uh, but also over the weekend, I've got a good little AEW tonight. Including not only uh, do I have Rampage at ten, I have the Countdown show to a pay per view on Sunday that I'm looking forward to. Forbidden Door uh, is a loaded AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, event. So that's going to be awesome. Okada showed up on Wednesday. Love it. I'm, every part of my body from head to toe exploded. I was so happy. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that was as soon as I heard that coin drop hit and that music went, I was like, it's Okada, baby. And uh, he's going to be in a four-way battle for the IWPG Championship between uh, Switchblade, Jay White, Adam Cole, baby, and uh, Hangman Adam Page. So that'll be awesome. Incredible. There's going to be all kinds of matches up and down the card that are going to be great, including your man Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. Bad night to be Will Ospreay. Bad night to be Will Ospreay, even though I don't see Orange winning it. Oh, I do. The 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 uh, U.S. championship is on the line, which I don't know. Maybe. Nonetheless, uh, so that'll be Sunday's a good game. Sunday uh, is a day bass game, so I'll be home in time. Probably get some good uh, get some delivery food. Maybe go go extravagant. Maybe maybe a little Red Lobster on Sunday night, possibly. Ooh, I don't know if I have time. Maybe I, it just depends. Yeah, I mean, time, it might be about time. So yeah, other than that, it's gonna be uh, mostly movie watching, TV watching. Probably more. I'm gonna watch the boys tonight, and then uh, I'll find some movies to watch. I found a box of old DVDs the other day in my house. Oh dear. And I'm like curious to go through them. Curious or scared? Slightly both. Like originally when I, I saw it. I like just glanced and when I was walking by and I saw like one glimpse of the one of the DVD covers and I was like, is that porn? I was like, no way I put porn there. And I opened it up and it wasn't. It was uh, it was actually the cover of uh, Chi Jin Chong's Nice Dreams. But <laughs> like, let's you know, it's just a good show. I just like to watch it sometimes. Everybody loves Raymond. It's just a good show. Pretty much what it was. I haven't gone through the whole box yet, but. Yeah, but I'm um, looking for some comedy movies to watch this week, maybe. Okay, well. Yeah, something then, you know. Good. Last night I watched uh, Sating, so before that, the night before I watched uh, Quiz Show, which I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen Quiz Show. I haven't. I remember when it came out. I was a really good movie. A little young, but. Prob- it came out in 92. I've only heard good things. Yeah. You should check it out. I had to actually, this should tell you the level I, I like this movie yet. I actually rented it on Amazon. Ooh. I broke you, my rule. You don't do that. I don't. It's the first and only time I've ever done it. Maybe, well, maybe not only. I may do it again eventually, but first time I've ever done it, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like 
trying to find something else to watch. My mind is set. I've been feeling like watching Quiz Show. I haven't seen it for a while. I'll pay the four bucks. And did that. So, yeah, that should tell you something. That should tell you the level of movie I like it on. It tells me a lot. It does. We have to give a quick shout-out to our girl Haley Van Lith. Oh, Sophomore yeah. Sensation, UVO Women's Basketball Squad. She's playing for the USA Basketball Women's 3-on-3 National Team. She's been playing – I feel like she's been doing this the last couple of off-seasons where she's played on the 3-on-3 National Team. Um, it, the highlights make it seem cool. Like, she hit the game winner today. I saw they went to overtime. You have to win by more than one classic. This is like, are they like – this is the qualifying rounds to get into the Olympics? No, this is like the FIBA World Cup. Oh, yeah. It's like the World Cup of 3-on-3 basketball. They have uh, they finished first place, Pool B, 4-0 record. They're perfect. They go to the quarterfinals now. She hit the game-winning shot to beat France in overtime. Um, they're going to – I don't think they know who they play now in the quarterfinals. Let's take it back. They'll play the, either Canada or Germany in the quarterfinals of this thing Saturday. Uh, not sure what time it is, but you can find it online. Yeah, because nobody's watching anyway. Who are, the other three oh, girls, who are the three girls on the team? I don't know, Trevor. I don't, I'm just asking. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm coming at this from a U of L perspective. Who I, cares? I'm very happy that she's on the team and doing well. She's crushing it. But then I have to poop on the fact that the three on three stuff is like the dumbest thing they've added to the Olympics and things. It's so boring to watch. I did think it was strange <laughs> it's, that it's not fun. It's just no. <laughs> I tried watching it during the Olympics when it would become on at like two in the morning. And I was like, if I can't enjoy it in the state of mind I'm at two in the morning, then there's it has no hope. I didn't so they they, they do a whether it's the men's team, the women's team, the three-on-three teams, the whatever, however many different teams they have, they have like a USA Basketball Player of the Year. And a few years ago, I noticed that it went to Robbie Hummel. And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> and I didn't know that Robbie Hummel is like the three-on-three legend for USA Basketball. He's been like, of course he is. He's, he's, I'm like, he's not even in. He's not playing professionally. He's, he's, on, he's like calling college games on ESPN. He's pure YMCA player. He's doing like the mid-level Big Ten game on a Wednesday night. But he's the be- he won the men's basketball player of the year for USA Basketball. I'm like, do we not give it to LeBron or, I don't know, Candace Parker? What are we doing? I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the three-on-three thing is popular because watching three-on-three is like watching someone else play a video game. I just don't understand. It's how mind-numbingly boring it can be. That's what kids love these days. But that's why. I'm, that's why, I, as I say that, I, I, I precursor by saying I'm not I guess, surprised why it's popular because kids just love to watch other kids play video games. I don't get it. I'm never going to understand it. You don't twitch. I don't. Only when I listen to certain songs. I mean, I don't. No, I, I don't twerk. I don't twitch. I don't. I barely tweet. I mean, what? What, what is this? This is a generation with all the T words. I mean, come on. There's this Monday breaking news. TK has a new porn DVD story. <laughs> no, it wasn't porn. Then again, I didn't open the box. It might have been. Oh, God. Texas, what do you get from Red Lobster? The question is, what doesn't Trevor get from Red Lobster? Oh, no. Your my... Red Lobster orders are large. I thought you were going to say legendary. Um, that too. I have, I have a go-to, which is the, the shrimp, salmon, and lobster combo. And then I always get an extra lobster tail with it, so... I wish I could order an extra piece of salmon, but it won't let me. Uh, if I don't do that, then I always go with, and then my sides are double order of rice and then add a lobster mashed potato uh, side as well. And then sometimes I go with pasta as well for later on. I'll get the lobster uh, pasta mm. Alfredo, which is awesome. Someone just sent me in a screenshot. This is a follow-up to the DJ Wagner update. We don't need to play the song again. Uh, Wagner, I closed DJ it Wagner, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Travis Branham. <laughs> Uh, was asked a question that we, we mentioned he upped to his confidence level on DJ Wagner going to Louisville from a, uh, I think like five to a seven. I've been 10. told I it was a six to a seven, but well, whatever. It's a, it's a seven. It went up, right? 
he was asked about is something happening as the on three post suggests i'm not expecting him to be pierce clarkson recruiter but getting on dj on board would be a big deal for that class overall and travis Branham's exact quote was it's sounding to be sooner than later he'll be working on a more definitive timeline this weekend who decides first dj wagner or money Bates? Oh, man. <laughs> well, Monty Bates said by the end of the month, he's got five days after today. <laughs> well, he's probably Bates. He just justified getting this month, right? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's somewhat of a sad joke, but I'm also being serious. What's the Monty Bates song? Is the MacGyver thing? Oh, no, here we go. Bates, Monty Bates. Bates, Monty Bates. Money Bates, where is he gonna go? Money Bates. By the way, if you can see the clips of Richard Dean Anderson while he's saying this, it's just great. I love I, I miss MacGyver. MacGyver was great. You know another show I miss? Hunter. Hunter was not <laughs> It was Fred Dreyer. Bates and Money Hunter was Bates. good, man. Man. <laughs> I liked Hunter. Hunter played college basketball, college football at San Diego State with Carl Weathers. We do have a... There you go. That's your tidbit of the day. I, I guess this is a slight Amani Bates update. I mentioned yesterday... Oh, okay. My bad. Here we go. No, 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 no. Amani <laughs> Bates! Coming to an end. <laughs> it's like the my, I like the mysterious element to the end because yeah. it kind of sums up Amani Bates. So we mentioned yesterday the, the column, the story from the Memphis Commercial Appeal noted that Monty Bates' dad had recently been spotted back on Memphis's campus. There are also reports that Monty Bates has been in contact with Penny Hardaway. Yeah. So that was out there. Like the latest school that he could be going to slash coming back to. And in the last hour, Keontae Kennedy, one of the uh, <clears throat> excuse me best transfers available in the portal from UTEP, announced that he's going to Memphis. I have to imagine this would affect Bates. Was that throw clear on purpose, or was it just a coincidence? You were just just a coincidence. Okay, you're like the best player. <clears throat> I was like, okay. Is he... <laughs> also, follow up. I know early mock drafts are even more useless than early top twenty fives that come out right after the final four. They'll probably be even more useless. But ESPN's first twenty twenty three mock draft had Imani Bates going number three overall. You're the, kidding me! In the second round. Okay. Yeah. He teased that one. Uh, that was that. a nice setup, yeah. He does have David Cobb of CBS. I saw they had like 10 basketball players who could replicate the success of Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray and kind of go from average college players to top 15, top lottery picks. Yeah. And he did have Bates. Uh, this is what he had to say about him. He said Bates flopped as a freshman at Memphis, rel- flopped as a freshman at Memphis relative to the sky-high expectations that he generated as a prospect over the years leading up to his enrollment, but he's still a dynamic six foot nine player with a long-term upside to grow into a lottery pick. He wasn't even eligible for the 2022 NBA draft because he doesn't turn 19 until January, so Bates has plenty of time to, to continue developing. So there's still, again, until he completely flops for a second time at the college level, there's still going to be hype around his name. Didn't Baldwin get drafted last night in the late first round too as well? Probably. I think it's like Golden State took him like 28th, 27th. It sounds, I mean, he's still. F- I know they're not comparable because he had injury issues. And he was also supposed to be like a top five pick. But he was, yeah, he was supposed to be a top five pick. He's this big recruit coming out and he ended up falling like to the bottom of the first round, I believe. He. I'm pretty sure he got drafted, but I just can't remember. He I, did. I, you're, you're exactly right. 28th to the Warriors. 20, okay, I knew the Warriors because I, I saw on Twitter people like, Warriors just get richer. He is the, you know, people have been saying. People have been saying for the last 10 years or so, myself included. You don't have to go to Duke, Kentucky, or Kansas to be a top. Like if, if you're you that for, for my well, hold life. on, because I'm about to finish. You don't have to be. You have to go to those schools. If you're a top pick, you're going to be a top pick. 
he's kind of the cautionary tale. Well, but he didn't even hardly play either. But didn't still, he miss half the season? Yeah, he go, if he goes to Duke and misses half the season, I think he's probably still more. You, you have more tape on him because he's playing those games against UK and other teams at the beginning of the season. He looked bad at Milwaukee without anybody around him to help out. His dad clearly had no idea what the hell he was doing and got fired after the season. Yeah. And the result is he goes from a guy who was, I think, anywhere from number two in the mock drafts before the start of the season to number five to 28th. It's a little bit of a cautionary tale. The, the one problem is that also when you talk about guys that go early in the draft from small schools, Antonio Daniels, Dame Willard, Benoit Benjamin. I mean, listen, well, Lillard didn't go early. Well, he went like six. No, but I mean, he didn't go early from school. No, but, but that was my point is that I mean, you name all these guys that came out of small schools and went early in the draft. Not a one of them left school early. Oh, I got you. Yeah, they're all right. they're all for sure. at the best a three year guy. Or a four-year player at that. And, you know, I mean, look at even for a great example, look at CJ McCollum, who went tenth in the draft. I mean, he could have he didn't come out right after that that sparkling Duke game that he they had. He came back for another year. He came back for another year. And it, it could or could have hurt him. It probably did drop him maybe a little bit. I don't know. I had to look at the other draft by comparison. But I mean, he still went number ten. I mean, that's obviously very good. I mean, this yeah, majority of that's the, the one difference with Baldwin and Nick Person, because I I and TJ have had this debate many a times where he he under, he falls under the and he's not alone in it, but the premise that you know if you go to Kentucky, it's going to help you get drafted. You can't go to any just any school and get drafted. Kentucky Dukes, and I'm not saying it doesn't help. I mean, you obviously it's going to help you probably make more money outside of the basketball court going to those schools because of your exposure. But if you can play basketball, they're going to take you, and they're going to find you no matter where you're playing basketball at. I agree with that. And I think Baldwin's just kind of the cautionary tale. If you go to – like, you can go to Georgia and beat Anthony Edwards and still be number one pick. You can go to LSU and still be number but one pick. But if Baldwin pick. plays the whole year and puts up 30 points a game, then, you know, I mean, what do you only play? He only played like 10 games last year, right? Yeah, he didn't look great in those games. That's, I mean – That was the issue. I know. It's true, but – have you heard anything about this guy that everybody says is going to be the number one pick next year? The Victor Wembanyama, like everybody's talking about him, like he's like the is he you from know, France or something. He's from somewhere. He, he's great insight there. Serbia. He's, yeah, he, he's not. He ain't from around here. Yeah. Is what I can tell you. But everybody says he's. I saw Sam Vecini writing about him today and saying he's like Rudy Gobert. If Rudy Gobert could shoot, dribble, handle, and do things on offense, like I mean, that's <laughs> they're like his his athleticism and his length are unreal for somebody his age and his oh, size. Man, no, we're not getting back into this again, are we? I mean, he's seven two. Luca, Luca, what did you do? He's from France. You're right. This is, oh man, this is not. Good. But everybody is just like, like I haven't seen one mock draft out there that doesn't have this guy number one, and like apparently it's not close. And then the other, I, like, I don't, top- I don't hate on Kobe and Garnett, but one thing I do hold against them, and and I stand this for Dirk as well, is their success immediately coming out of high school, opened the floodgates for the hundreds of disaster cases that happened because of it. Larry Smith, Darius Miles, so on and so forth. Why are you bringing that up with this kid from France? Because and I'll tell you right now, and Dirk and Whiskey did the same thing for Europeans, and you saw that how many teams and after Dirk and Whiskey's success just grasped at straws taking European kids in the top 10. They had no business going in the top 10 for years afterwards. And we finally, I thought, got past it. And here comes Luka now. And Luka does well. And now everyone wants to get that next year. Well, and Jokic is like maybe the best player in the NBA right now. But at least Jokic went in the second round. I mean, that's... But still, maybe that's why people are saying maybe we should be taking these kids early. That's... The problem is they're so scared to not... to, to be the team that missed on the diamond in the stud that you're willing to take 12 bombs to maybe 
get lucky and get one decent. It sounds like this is like I agree with you to a point. It sounds That's like, bad for the NBA. It sounds like this is more of a a, a um, different like a Luka Doncic situation where everybody's seeing the same thing. Where it's like he's not the standard. Like oh, he needs to get a whole lot better. There are flaws in his game. Like he's just that good. He was just a generational player. But I mean, there look he at is. look at the. the so this year's all NBA team. Three of the first five are foreign players: Giannis, Jokic, and, and Doncic. Like, you understand why like, franchises are willing to do this? But it, but it just hurts when you got that's three guys, and in that the same time since they've been drafted, there was probably twenty of them that went and, and God knows how many guys from Europe got drafted, and most of those are bums. Well, I mean, most of everybody who gets drafted and winds up being a bum. True, like, that's three of the five best players in the NBA right now. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, it's, I don't like it. It, it scares me. It scares <laughs> I, me, man. I don't like it. That's what it comes down to. It scares me. Well, it sounds like he's the NBA is in trouble enough. The pick. NBA is lacking in town enough as is right now. It's not a very great league, and it's not going to help if you're going to see teams that are bad wasting top picks on guys from Europe just because they're seven feet and they can shoot jump shots in an open gym. Well, I, I don't think that that's what this kid's saying. I, I trust. I love you. I trust every single draft expert who's saying the exact same thing about this kid a little bit more than you who didn't know who he was until five minutes ago. You know what? Here's the thing, though. You say that and you laugh, but in two years, you won't know who he is either. You said the same thing. I guarantee you said the same thing about Luka Doncic. <laughs> no, I loved Luka. I don't believe you I at did. All. No, you go back and look at Well, I, then what's different about this? I, I don't I don't know. Maybe that's You don't why even know who he is. You haven't even watched him play. I haven't, but I knew who Luka was before he got drafted. You, I mean, th- th- we're a year out of the draft. You're, I assume you're going to watch this kid play. I wouldn't form opinions about him until you've seen him play a little bit. Oh, I'll form opinions, all right. No, I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> the other thing that is interesting about this draft is, like, the other, in some drafts, like, three of the next four players taken in the, to round of the top five are all these G League Ignite kids. Uh, I've seen the Derek Whitehead, the Duke player, has been in some of the top fives. I've seen Cason Wallace from UK has been in the top ten. But it sounds like we're actually going to get a splash from these. Like, every time they draft one of these overtime elite or G League Ignite or whatever the hell they are, I'm always like, I don't even know. Like, Jonathan Kaminga, I had no one idea One of them went lottery the last night, right? Probably. I, but, like, I don't know who these kids are. It's play college basketball. I'm sorry. I'm an old school guy. Like, I, I get it, but you want exposure. And yeah, that's the thing now. Dyson Daniels went number eight. Yeah, I don't even know anything about him. Don't care. Play college basketball. He is from Australia, but he played in the, uh, yeah, in the, the, the D League. Texas says. Like uh, it's still the D League to me. Texture says, Mike, you have a voice of an angel. Please sing the Charlie Wilson Dixie Appliance jingle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it goes outside of the Charlie Wilson's Dixie Appliance. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know the tune. Charlie Wilson's Dixie Appliance. I hear it all the time, too. I can, I can hum it, but I couldn't tell you the exact words. I miss the on the furniture corner of State and Maine, New Albany. <laughs> I miss Jim Brown. Says, Come on down and see Jim Brown. We got deals. We got steals. We'll put you behind the wheel. That's, the, that's We don't have him as a sponsor anymore. I'm giving him a free plug, but I heard a damn song for like 10 years, I felt like. Texas says, this is such a bad take by Trevor, my goodness. Plus, international players have helped make the game more global. I think the game's pretty global anyway. Do you think taking a guy number one from France next year is suddenly going to open the eyes of the French to basketball? Won't hurt. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> how much do you believe? Uh, how much do you believe in the player drop rise in recruiting rankings because of the school they commit to? Oh, hundred percent. Football, or basketball, both. Both. I think. Happen. I think football. It's a huge, way more equivalent. Basketball. I. I mean, I guess it is, but I don't think it matters as, to me as much. At least not that I've seen. If you're a kid in the like '60s who commits to Duke or Kentucky, 
there's a guarantee that the next time they update this, update those rankings, you're up in the 30s. That's guarantee. That's a big boost. And football, yeah, if you're like a three-star kid who commits to Alabama, no way in hell anybody's keeping you at three the next time oh, they update no. those rankings. Like, no, it's it's absolutely That's insane. my favorite excuse from Kentucky fans about Matt Elam. Like, oh, well, he really wasn't a four-star anyway. He was he was a barely a two-star, but Alabama recruited him, so he got bumped. <laughs> okay, whatever you want to say. I remember that at all. Oh, I've heard it for years. I remember him being like a... Like like a four-star, five-star across the board. He was a board. He was two borderline three. Well, he probably should have been two borderline. Three. Exactly, and that—that that was what I hear from Kentucky fans. All oh, people say he was a bust. He wasn't even that big a recruit. You know, no pun intended. He wasn't that big a recruit anyway. Really, he just—he got—he got boomed up because Alabama called him at the last minute. Texas. Now that Frank Haith is an assistant at Memphis, how much fuel will that add to the rivalry? Considering the personal animosity that exists between the two of you, how Let me, the hell does Frank Haith keep getting a job? Well, I mean, not—it's not a head coach anymore. Let me see if Frank Haith has me blocked right now. Wait a minute, you're telling me that staff, which is facing 22 level one violations, has both Larry Brown and Frank Haith on it? I, wait. <laughs> Are you serious? Is Frank Haith? I don't think I knew he was an assistant in Memphis. You've got two of the bigger, and I love Larry Brown, don't get me wrong, but you have two of the biggest iconic cheaters in the last 20 years in college basketball. I mean... So he's not officially. Was Todd Bozeman not available? There was a report last week that he was going to hire Frank Haith, but I guess it hasn't happened right now. Frank Haith, by the way, his his profile on his Twitter handle is still at Frank Haith Tulsa. He's been in Tulsa for like five years, I well, thought. Well, he's not the coach there anymore. He was there for eight years, uh, 2014 to 2022. He's not the head okay. coach there anymore. But yeah, maybe up, up here before that. Maybe just you know go with at Frank Haith coach. I don't know. Maybe drop the Tulsa at this point. <laughs> Probably doesn't care. I mean, how odds that he even runs that? He'll give you a great couple first years, and then he's going to uh, do what he's going to do, which is Frank Haith it up. <laughs> Frank Haith. Haith it up. 30-5 and five his first year at Missouri. Didn't win a game of the tournament. He was a coach when they lost to uh, in the, to the second, the 15th Norfolk seed. State. Norfolk State, yeah. yeah. And they lost in the first round again the next year. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> when they were supposed to play us. They were supposed to play Colorado State. They lost, they lost to Colorado State, and then we beat Colorado State. Oh, he was such a baseball. Texas Trevor, I love the Jim Brown jingle. Can you play it? We don't have time. We don't have it. I can just sing it for you. Sorry. Uh, tonight, game five in Colorado. I feel like I should play the DJ Wagner theme to this. Abs, avalanche, avalanche. <laughs> uh, Abs hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning, looking to close out and win their third Stanley Cup. Puck drops, I believe, at 8 o'clock. Let me make sure on that real quick. I mean, that Puck was, drops at 8. ABC. Surprised it's not 9 with it being a, them in the mountain time. Kind of wish it was 9. Uh, 8 o'clock, ABC. Trev, do we get a game 6 or does it end here? Am I celebrating on a Friday night here in beautiful Louisville, Louisville Kentucky? Start looking up those Reds baseball schedule games because that's all <laughs> you're going to be watching from this point on. The Avs will shut the door on the lightning. I see clear skies in the, in the, in the forecast. That's right, Mike Weinberg. Tell him no lightning, no thunder, no Imagine Dragons. Nothing of that's coming out. The like Avalanche lift that, hoist that that trophy up for a third time. I love how they didn't touch the the uh, the trophy when they won the uh, conference finals because they didn't want to. It's a weird thing. I know. I think that's kind of stupid, personally. And like, I guess that's the equivalent of not cutting down the nets. If you yeah, win the, but the, the there's eight. also supposed to be a jinx about it. it's like a long time hockey yeah. thing. But the reality is, like, the last few teams that haven't touched it have all done worse in the in the finals well, I mean, than they have. Here's yeah. here, here's a, here's a newsflash for you: fifty percent of the teams that get to the Stanley Cup are going to lose. So I mean, it's it's going to happen. Not going to happen to the Cavalier, Avalanche, though. Uh, 
five to two. I know I called that last score, but I got my games mixed up. I thought they were clinching on Thursday or Wednesday. Sorry. Uh, tonight they win. No, four two. Four two Avalanche win. I think they win comfortably. I think they broke Tampa Bay Spirit. They did in game four because the Lightning came out, played like a house of fire in the first period. Landing uh, Avs sustained that, survived it, outplayed them for the next three periods, won it overtime. Dominated overtime. Dominated OT, broke their spirit. Vaz is done. He's in his head. Darcy Kemper's got his mojo back. He's feeling good. Avs 4-1 tonight, and it's not that close. They get out to like a 3-0 lead and just coast the last two periods. Remember the neighbor on Mary Children's name was Marcy Darcy? Yeah. Yeah, great name. That's how we end the week, right? There. I always thought she was hot. She, I, I kind of did too. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was, like, her, and I never stood while Al wouldn't sleep with Peggy. I was like, whatever, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit that. Okay. <laughs> Perfect way to end the week there. Uh, have a fantastic weekend, everybody. We're back Monday at three o'clock. Go cards, go abs. We'll see you on Monday.